Hey, fans, want new flooring and want it now. March is the time to buy at Floors to Your Home. Right, Brian Kahn? It really is, JMV. We have the state's largest selection of new flooring in stock. And we've just received additional truckloads of new hardwood, laminate, and waterproof flooring. So we're marking everything down. Brian, I'm looking at some of your incredible deals. We always sell up to 50% off those big box stores. But for a limited time, you can get new flooring starting at just 80 cents a square foot. 80 cents a square foot, that's incredible. That's three rooms of hardwood, laminate, or waterproof starting under $350 at Floors to Your Home. And you can get it right now. We have over 1,200 styles in stock. Floors to Your Home is the place for the lowest prices anywhere in Indiana. I'm doing my whole house. Three very convenient locations. Avon, Noblesville, and Brookville Road. Who has the lowest prices on flooring? Floors to Your Home. That's who. What in the hell do you think you're doing? Hey, John Boy. I'm telling you straight, it's my way or the highway. So anybody wants to walk, do it now. Hey, everybody, we're all going to get late. And again, it's picked up. It's Darius Leonard. A pick six for the Maniac. Touchdown, I-N-D-Y. Yes, sir. Oh, what the chicken. Double time. John, I have never been better to be on the air with you here in Indianapolis, a place where so many of my dreams have come true. The Ride with JMV on 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. I'm so glad you're here. This is actually the last time in studio that I will be until, hell, next week, right? Because next two days, tomorrow... And on Thursday, Westfield, Grand Park for the Colts joint practices with the Bears. That should be a hellaciously awesome time. And then on Friday, our golf outing at back nine. And you guys better all be coming. I want to see all smiling faces. We are going to eat, drink, and hit the absolute crap out of golf balls together for a great cause on Friday. If you haven't signed up, go ahead and do it. I mean, we got listen, you got endless amounts of room. It goes on forever at the back nine. The back nine's spectacular, too. But we're going to have a blast. That's on Friday. But today in studio, next two days, Colts practice at Grand Park, and then we'll close out the week with the fan golf outing where all of us will be out there. Morning show, midday, me. And now I got to stay until 7 o'clock because the Colts happy hour. So we're going to have even more of a blast. Uh, back nine on Friday, 1075thefan.com. If you have somehow decided to procrastinate and not sign up yet, let's do it. Uh, do it for the sake of having a couple of nice beverages with me. If you know what I mean. Got a busy show for you. I'll set that up coming up in a minute. The big news of the day, and I'm glad to hear it. It's not like I'm overwhelmingly hip, hip, hooray glad. It just, to me, is logical. It is logical that this is what you do. And I know that there are pitfalls all the way around, but believe me, with somebody with this this lack of experience, there's going to be that anyway. You might as well go ahead and punch the clock and go with it. 
And I'm going to give you a couple of different reasons as to why. And I'm going to start with just the reasons you want to see this guy come along. And the sooner the better. And it is going to be bumpy. And it is different than trying to describe what happened in Kansas City with Alex Smith to Patrick Mahomes. That is all different. I have told you all along in terms of the running back situation and that impasse and in terms of the rookie quarterback, this is altogether a different situation than anywhere else you have going on in the NFL right now. Well, wait a minute. They have rookie quarterbacks in Houston, in Carolina. They got one down in Tennessee. What is this JMV that you're talking about? No, this is get going right now. And those teams, to me, have better rosters. I know some of you would say, well, wait a minute. Houston's got a better roster. Well, Houston went out and dabbled in free agency. Houston went out and got some name-recognizable guys, signed a lot of them to one-year contracts to take a flyer to see if they can be decent this year. And, oh, by the way, Houston beat the Colts in a game at the end of last year in which the Colts really didn't want to win, and Houston absolutely didn't want to win. Actually, I take that back. The Colts did want to win, but didn't. Houston didn't want to win and did. And, of course, you had that tie. I would look at Carolina's roster. They're being better right now. It is just different here. And I see nothing wrong with it. Don't be worried. People say all the time, well, you know, what if he goes out there and gets injured? What if he hurts himself? It's the nature of the beast here. Seems like most of you would be over that. It's almost like you probably should be, as a Colts fan, anticipating that. I know that's the Schlepprock effect, but most of the time, if it has been bad news, it has been bad news that has affected you as a Colts fan. So don't be surprised. But you can't be afraid of stuff. Rick Venturi says this all the time, and I always love when he says it. I mean, you can't put you know somebody in a glass case. Now, we felt the same way with Andrew Luck. We'll work him back slowly. And if you remember when Luck wanted to play, when he came back, you know, on that significant reboot of his career in Seattle in the preseason game, and he wanted to get hit in that game. So, no, this is exactly what you should be doing. And I think the Colts and Shane Steichen are handling this as well as you can. I don't think they are with Jonathan Taylor. But I think you're handling this as well as you can. Just get it out there. And it's not because of something I say or what you say or what the fans want or anything like that. It's because you believe and you understand that getting this kid good to go is the highest of measures with this team right now. That's what matters most. I know it's weird to say it. I just don't want to come out and tell you that wins don't matter because wins always matter. That's a load of garbage. But in this case, you look at where these wins are going to come from, in which the volume that they will be, you don't see it a great deal, do you? But really the importance is finding out that you do indeed have your long-term future here. And that's the key. Like right now, you're locked out. You are locked out of being a good team because of starting with the quarterback situation. You have to figure that out, even if you're on the early stages of figuring that out. And this all makes perfectly good sense. 
You get it out there on a Tuesday before the Bears come to town. Now, this is going to be our guy. And I said all along, too, there are only two things that we're going to see Gardner Menchu for here. Um, to me, because I don't think it's going to be a lot of games we're going to be pulling away and you can pull your rookie quarterback, right? So the two things to me are bad. It's an injury or it's complete and utter ineffectiveness. And you don't want either. So good. Yeah, I'm glad they decided to make that decision today. I'm glad it was that decision. I'm not afraid of it. Well, wait a minute. He had so many misses on Saturday. Yes, that's going to be the case. It's going to be the case every week. So it doesn't matter if you name him the starter right now or you name him in week number seven. You're going to get that. I mean, it's coming at you. And you're going to be frustrated. Sometimes you're going to be frustrated. Sometimes you're going to go, oh, wow, this is pretty awesome. You know what? I can understand what they saw in this guy. All of that is coming. So... In a sense, today, with this announcement and the timing of the announcement and what's forthcoming tomorrow and Thursday and then that second preseason game on Saturday, to me, in my opinion, I think you handle that as best as you can. No question about it. I mean, even if you're apprehensive about it, even if you what you have seen so far, and I I think this is more because of you just haven't seen the dude in general. I mean, hell, that's how I feel. How could you? 13 games collegiately? How far back do you need to go? There is such a mystery. Such an absolute mystery. The other thing, too, you've got to try to, and with his game, the opportunity is there to shoot a little bit of juice into this franchise. Give it a shot of enthusiasm that it can sprinkler out to the fans that have just gone through absolute crapola and at this point are about tired of it. I'll give you a couple of thoughts on that and something I was absolutely wrong about in a second, too. But you don't have to you know, convince you know deep Colts football types of fans to go to these games but there are a lot of people that are either on the fringe or off the fringe, yet to get on the fringe. You got a lot of people that are just kind of in a wait-and-see pattern. Gardner Minshew is a good dude, and if he wants to come out to Mystic Waters and play his guitar, that would be absolutely outstanding. I think considering his background, especially in Philly a year ago, you could not find for this team a better backup and I love talking to the dude I just don't want to see him play and it's not because he stinks I just don't want to see him play you don't want to see him play we don't want to see him play that's not why he's here that's exactly why Anthony Richardson is here and let me tell you what you guys need juiced up what do you mean by that JMV why do we need juiced up you need juiced up I was completely wrong And again, there are factors here at play, and I'll get to those in a second. But, you know, when you look at it, I I was privy to some of the numbers on Saturday because I was here proclaiming this, the the most highly anticipated game in the preseason hell since forever. And, And what I did is I compared that to what I also said was going to be the excitement level 
of camp, of practice. Now, that held true. Colts fans were excited. They came out, unlike you've ever seen, for these practices, these free practices. It's not selling out if you don't sell the tickets, but they maxed out. I mean, more than a handful of practices here. This was a highly, as highly an anticipated training camp that we have ever seen around here. And, you know, still in me, I thought that that would translate to the television broadcast, but it put out on Saturday. And listen, if I wanted to make up an argument for myself, you could say, well, you've got direct TV, you've got direct TV stream, you got UVerse not being a part of it. That's a major deal. You know, you got it on a Saturday afternoon when you know you got everything in the world going on, and I know you got racing going on. You got you and your kids just starting back to school, and you know you got cross country, you got volleyball, you got golf, or something. Something's going on, and you know you can factor that in if you want. But to me, being out in this, and I still see it, and. These numbers, as low as they were on set, like the lowest that we have seen in a long time, lower than a year ago, you know, lower than the last five years, the lowest we've seen in a long time. And again, yes, sure, you, you factor in the television situation, which is silly right now. Somebody needs to rectify that. But I cry and whine about that all the time. And you guys have told me to shut up, so I'll shut up about it. It's go in the bedroom and watching on a Roku stick. But it's a complete pain in the ass which should be, and I'll get to something else that's a complete pain in the ass, which should be absolutely a non-thought process going on. We'll get to that in a second. But I think that this organization with this fan base, it needs a shot of belief here. And not in terms of winning a division, not in terms of going to the postseason, uh, going to a Super Bowl, any of those lofty former you know, Jim Irsay proclamations of the past. But just a shot of, okay, now we're on the right path type enthusiasm. And there are going to be times when you're not going to have any. I mean, think about what took place on Saturday. That throw where you had everybody else on the team basically taking the blame for it, but that's a quarterback decision that can't be made. And you know what? He's going to make those. He's going to make similar decisions. At some point, what you want to see is his maturity, which I happen to believe he has. His maturity takes over, and he learns from these mistakes. That's why you put his ass out there now. That's why you want him playing now. Not being afraid of injury or being afraid of ineffectiveness or being afraid of him not being ready. Holy crap, get him ready, for goodness sake. I'm just glad that you were able to install him as the starter for week number one because now you're telling us that you can actually get him ready. What are you telling us if he's not ready? God, you don't want to tell this fan base that. Well, you know what? I don't think our guy's ready. What? Get him ready. At any rate, I think you guys need a shot of adrenaline here. And with all the excuses that can be made about that preseason opener on TV, on CBS4, in which both Greg and Rick and Lara do a tremendous job. I mean, it was a fantastic broadcast. 
It was fun to watch. Watch again on the NFL Network. But just much slower than usual, people turned out to watch it. And I was completely wrong. I thought this would be highly anticipated and incredibly watched, and it wasn't. Which goes to show me more than just the beef between Nexstar and DirecTV or AT&T or whatever. Even more than that is you're going to have to be you're going to have to be taught a reason to really truly give yourself up for this right now. Because you've been promised things in the past and those things have not been delivered. So you're apprehensive. And then you coincide that with the fact that you just haven't seen this quarterback play. Just haven't. Hardcore fans, hardcore fans that are going to be there anyway have. But the fans that you need to really show a robust interest in this team, whether you're watching on TV or you're actually going to the game, you're still kind of in a holding pattern on it. I'm not suggesting you put him out there for the entertainment value alone, but believe me, the hope that he is going to be what people describe, athletically speaking, that he can do, and he may do that in the game, for a fan base that's been apprehensive. Well, it's only week number two here. What the hell? God. <laughs> Hey, put somebody. I want somebody else from the Colts that was up there today in that spot too. Good Lord, Spiel, Spielberger's already bailed. Did he tell you why? I got to get that nerd on here. I got nerd numbers. He told me he is actually on vacation oh. and he will get back to <laughs> wait, us in a week. Wait a, <laughs> wait a minute. Hey, I work for Pro Football Focus. I'm gonna go on vacation. <laughs> okay, I'm just joking. We'll make fun of him big time next week. What was his name again? Spielberger? Brad Spielberger. Brad Spielberger was really good last week, and we're going to make fun of his ass next week. Hey, okay, I, I get it, my vacation out of the way. I work at Pro Football Focus. Uh, when should I go? Uh, when the season starts. Okay. No, I'm just joking. At any rate, I want to get back to that. It, the the proof, the, the excitement, you know, the mystery that I've talked about, that builds interest. And a pattern of growth builds interest. And I always equate it to the Pacers of a year ago. You kind of had the same vibe, didn't you, at the start of the season? Eh, I don't know. I don't know how great this is going to go. And I realized they didn't make the postseason. Believe me, this Colts team is not going to make the postseason either. But you can't build something here. You saw it a year ago as a Pacer fan. You got excited about it. They juiced you up in a fashion in which you have not been about that team in a long time. It's exactly what the Colts need to do. And making sure that your fourth overall selection, your rookie quarterback, has been installed as the opening day starter in week number one is at the top of that list. So to me, they did that right. Absolutely right. Now, the one thing that you can argue they're screwing up on is, and and I know this takes two to tango is the cliche here, but this is what's being screwed up here. This is the obvious. It's all the Jonathan Taylor stuff. That's going to drive you nuts. 
I mean, even if you're sitting there going, like Jonathan Taylor has been vilified uh, in the form of his representation, or if you feel that way because of what the Colts have said, you know, where they have drawn the line in the sand on this, then so be it. But again, as I mentioned yesterday, there was no more obvious choice to start this season than Anthony Richardson under center. No more obvious choice. There's no more obvious situation that this running back and this team need one another desperately, if healthy. So that's the part that should drive you absolutely nuts. Uh, The quarterback decision right now needed to happen. Perfect timing, perfect moment to do it. But this is something you, you hope and you need to figure out That would help. Think this guy needs all hands on deck? Of course he does. Say that all the time about wide receivers. I said this yesterday. You talk about making some money. Like Michael Pittman Jr., when he gets at some point, there you go. Offered that extension. He's going to earn it in this final year. Because it's not like these balls are probably not going to be a lot of the time incredibly catchable. And the tough catches, as much as you like Michael Pittman Jr., as much as you believe also in Alec Pierce, the tough catches, how should I put this, how should I phrase it, haven't come easy. Got to make some tough ones. If not for yourself, for your quarterback. This offensive line has to be drastically better than it was a year ago. If not for the group and the team, for your quarterback. At the tight end position. Can you give him a little something, a little uplift, no matter whom we're talking about? I mean, it's a busy room right there. A lot of guys are injured. Can you give him a little bit? Not just for the team, but for your quarterback. Then why would you not think and prioritize what you're giving your quarterback in the backfield? But again, I look at this as as much right now on Taylor as it is on the Colts. I mean, seriously. At some point, you would have to think that logic prevails here. But again, it's a business. And when I say it's a business, they call it a game. When I call it a game, they say it's a business. But it is necessary. It is obvious. And at some point, it has to happen or you are not going to squeeze as much out of this situation as you, the Colts fans, would like. Hey, you come to be entertained. You come to be entertained. And they have to foundationally begin to build that within you. I thought today was a logical, has-to first step. And it's the initial step of many others. And certainly right there in front of your face is another one. <laughs> I, um, you know, And again, I know there's so much more going on. Maybe the dude is actually injured. Again, you know, I don't buy that till I actually see it. Maybe he is. You know, maybe he wants so much money and I'm not doing this. And maybe, like I said yesterday, I make stuff sound so ridiculously easy, and they're not. Maybe if you could just line the pockets of him right now. Maybe line line the pockets in the present. Maybe that I don't care. 
I don't care what you do. Just get him in the fold with this guy because it is needed. And that's just another element that would add, again, to your viewership, to you paying attention, to you having interest. Because I do believe that to be, it may not be the part of the equation at all that the Colts are worried about. I'm sure you're not worried. Who cares what what's what on week number one of the preseason? But others that have nothing to do with actually what goes on on the field would go, hey, wait a minute here. Now, I do think it's more than just the fact that Nexstar has beef with DirecTV. Because I thought for sure that thing would be an absolute slam dunk. Wow, get to the TV. This is like the first time a lot of you have ever seen the dude. Seriously. I know he played at the SEC. He played at Florida. But I would guarantee a lot of you had never really seen him play. Those numbers kind of spoke to me a little bit. Under a six, when normally it's it's in the double digits. I know, again, and I'll listen to all the arguments here. But the argument you also can make that this team, this organization needs juiced. And and I think Anthony Richardson brings that. And so would Jonathan Taylor if you could just figure things out here. I know I make everything easier said than done. I get it. All right, 239-1070 is the number. Email address is jam via 1075thefan.com. Inside the lounge via YouTube Live, I actually paid a visit during the midday show in there. Things were already hopping. No Brad Spielberger today. The PFF guy takes vacation during the football season. Do we call this during the football season? Like, I couldn't go on vacation right now. That's why I utilized a bunch of days leading up to. I think it's technically the football season now. Yeah. Do I sound like a jerk crying like a little weenie? I do, don't I? I don't want to sound like crying like a little weenie. (laughs) Actually, it just kind of sets up. What it does, it like sets up a great deal of stick for the remainder of the season for me. No, Alex, you're absolutely right. Pittman struggled last year with a few tough catches overall in his career. He hadn't made the tough catches. And and this is going to be, Alex, a true test of that. Not just for him, but for everybody. Man, you got to take advantage of what you get. You get an opportunity to run after the catch. You got to get those extra yards. I, I know I sound like the old school football coach, and I'm not trying to be. What I'm trying to do is make this team incredibly entertaining to you when you look further down the road in this particular season and there's not a lot of glory that you believe come the conclusion of the 2023 season. A lot of this stuff would go a long way in helping. Uh, Again, go ahead, at JMV1070 via Twitter, or as we call it now, X. We've got Jim Irsay collection band tickets yesterday. Mellencamp was added to that. Coming up in September, that's going to be an absolute blast. See, I mean, that's entertainment right there. You guys want to be entertained. You lust after entertainment, and especially from your football team. The only thing really last year that was entertaining was how big of a clown show it was. You just wait. You waited. Well, I was going to make a good Goreman reference with an old Bud Light commercial with a Goreman being shot out of a cannon. You were just kind of waiting for somebody to be shot out of a cannon. You know, waiting for somebody to roll the yakety sacks at the end of Benny Hill. Now, you want a different, different sort of entertainment here. 
Good decision by the Colts with their rookie quarterback today. I love the timing of it. And again, I don't want to hear, well, you know, if he gets injured, I'm going to come at you. Well, you know what? If anybody gets injured, you can come at me. All right? It's the way that it is. And by the way, if you're not past that by now, I mean, injury has been Indianapolis's middle name. Indianapolis professional sports-related injury, Indiana. That's what it's been. That should surprise nobody. You cannot be afraid of that crap. See this guy perform. Great timing. We'll talk about that coming up. James Boyd of The Athletic coming up in the 4 o'clock hour. Rick Straw had a great call of the game on CBS 4. He's going to join me coming up at the bottom of the hour. He and Rick Venturi and Lara Overton. I thought the broadcast was spectacular. Now, again, they're my friends, and I always will. But, no, I thought it was top-notch. I saw, I think, one of the three quarters I saw one quarter I listened to on the radio going to get Blake. I, I thought... I thought it was midseason form right there. And as far as, you know, doing those games in the preseason, I thought those guys did it as good as you could. Uh, Greg Rakestraw, bottom of the hour. Kevin Fishbane of the Athletic, he covers the Bears. Are they they going to win a Super Bowl title this year, according to their fan base? You know, I used to be a Bears fan. I was hardcore. I mean, that's pretty common around like, here. Like I, I was incredibly hardcore, and it's until – I started doing this, and not necessarily what I do here, but just kind of in general. When I first started working at the other sports station, I just kind of lost it. Hmm. I just kind of—it's big time. Like Blake in his room right now, I've got an old Miller Light Bears neon helmet, and he likes to turn it on and off when he's mixing stuff in there. It's weird. <laughs> yes, he wants it to look like a bar. But I was a huge Bears fan. Are you asking me anything? You know, from the late 70s into the 80s, uh, into the mid-90s, and I can tell you all about it. All right, quick break. James wants me to break. We shall do that. Stuff to give away, including the Hoosier Hardwood Festival, which sounds absolutely glorious because it is. That's coming up, too. Inside the Lounge via YouTube Live, HD Radio, the stream, the app, and 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. The Ride with JMV. Look at all those ding-dongs. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Uh, James Boyd of The Athletic in the 4 o'clock hour. Kevin Fishbane. I'm jealous of that last name. From The Athletic covers the Bears. He joins us in the 5. I've got stuff to give away. James over there. I'm John. We'll go ahead and lock you in at 239-1070 if you so desire. 
Meantime, Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline. You heard him on Saturday do a great job alongside Rick Venturi and Lara Overton also on the field with all the interviews for that preseason game one with the Colts and their loss to the Bills. Greg Rakestraw joins us. So Scott Tolzien, Andrew Luck, Jacoby Brissett, Philip Rivers, Carson Wentz, Matt Ryan, Anthony Richardson. Here we are, Greg. Here we are. And it's it's the end result that I thought would happen. I didn't think they, in one sense, needed to make up their mind until the end of the preseason. But at the same time, like today's practice is one of the last ones they will have just as the Colts, really until the weekend of like the 26th or 27th, because it's two joint practices in play, quick trip to Philadelphia, joint practice and then play, And so the thing that Shane Steichen said on about three or four different occasions uh, in in practice today was basically, or in his press conference today, was more along the lines of, we wanted to get him as many reps with the ones as possible. So clearly they felt they had seen enough, and it was time to cast the die in this direction, and I absolutely think it's the right move. No, I do too. I think the timing's right. I think everything's right. And people are going to say, well, that's because this has been, of your opinion, the entire time. And while that may have some accuracy to it, I like the timing. you got joint practices with the Bears. You play them on Saturday, um, and you give him – ample opportunity to even more so prepare himself Uh, you could not have asked for better timing I thought that was the logical move today and whereas I don't believe in the two sides what they're doing between Taylor and the Colts is logical whatsoever this decision is what I would say is 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 this is that it was going to be Anthony's job unless he showed in training camp he was not ready for it and that has not been the case um, now, does it mean everything's going to be perfect this year? Far from it. You know, are there mistakes that he is going to make? Absolutely. You saw one of those on Saturday. Even if Isaiah McKenzie ran the wrong route, which seemingly is the consensus, still probably a, a play where Richardson's better off just chucking that one to section 127 and, and not trying to complete a pass there. Um, but the things that he did well, like that ball to Grant from the middle of the field, that was jaw dropping. The fastball he threw to get it past the outstretched hands of the linebacker on that play. So there's going to be some good, some bad. But I always thought the default answer, unless proven otherwise, was that Anthony Richardson was your day one starter, and that's the decision that was announced today. So Greg Rakestraw's got to – you doing the Saturday one, right? That is correct. So I get this one, and then uh, Prime kicks me to the curb next Thursday night. Oh, man, stinking Prime. Do you want me to sign that right now, Todd? I'm just gonna I'm just gonna have to hang in the studio and do yes. the post game show only next Thursday instead. Todd's wanting me to sign something right now. Todd Meyer, our executive producer, extraordinaire Greg is in studio right now and wants well, me to if sign something. Money signing, and if not, don't. So am I the am I the bearer or I'm the card bearer, right? That's me. Do I sign both these? <laughs> <laughs> Greg Gracious. <laughs> like that. Sorry. I can't. Yeah, I don't I don't even sign. That pin doesn't work. Come on, Todd. Give me a pin that works. Hey, you know what? It's interesting. Had they decided to make the decision and not feel it necessary or feel like that he's not ready to start in week number one, 
I because of his inefficiency, because he's simply not ready. That that's a scary proposition right there, Greg. And I know that you could say, well, only you know, thirteen games collegiately, but there's a proposition that you can start talking about if you deemed him unworthy of that in week number one to start the season, that he was the wrong guy selected. And you don't want any thoughts like that whatsoever in anybody's mind. There has never been a sense this entire time that he has been overwhelmed. I think that would be the reason why you wouldn't start him in in week number one. And let's face it, uh, NFL offenses aren't simple, but they're a little more simplified than they used to be. There's a little more similarity to the college game to the pro game, which makes it easier for those younger rookie quarterbacks able to start. The other thing that I would say is this. The, the, the two kind of main questions he seemingly has answered, which is why this is, is so unique. If you normally say, listen, this kid has all of the athletic gifts, which he clearly does, and he's yet to put a foot wrong in terms of you know kind of his actions, what he has to say, which generally means the intangibles are there. So if you've got the athleticism and the intangibles, usually it's a slam dunk. Hey, this dude's going to be a winner. It's just because of his inexperience that, that there's any sort of question mark. So if that's the case, what does he need more than anything to go and play? Which is exactly the course the Indianapolis Colts have set him on as of this morning. And by the way, shout out to Mike Chappell who tweeted out from 2017 until now the list of opening week quarterbacks for the Colts. (laughs) And I, I hate putting it this way, I guess, but you look at it and when people ask all the time, you know, will Andrew Luck ever get in the ring of honor? You look at his name there in 2018 and then what transpired after that, uh, 19, 20, 21, 22, and really all but 20 right there with Rivers. I think the laundry list of casualties after Andrew Luck quit like that would keep him out of the ring of honor forever, right? It's got to look that way. It's the way it looks to me if you see it on paper. I think he he will get in at some point. Now, Now they're going to have to win first. They have to win first. Is he a Hall of Famer? No, he didn't play long enough. Uh, is he a Colts Ring of Honor member? Yes. I think that'll be some point in time down the road. This team is going to have to be winning at a high caliber clip to even approach that around here. But uh, for later days, no doubt about yes. that. Um, I mentioned yesterday, and Greg Rakestraw's on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline, the, the sense that I have regarding how important it is to have somebody like Jonathan Taylor behind you. And again, if if healthy, I always have to to utilize that. But you agree with that too? I mean, now you've installed Anthony Richardson as a starter, right. and I thought that was a good decision. But still, uh, what is not a great decision really on, on either side here is the fact that you know, Jonathan Taylor is not you know, preparing, not getting ready, and not starting in this backfield as he should be right now, which would help tremendously. Is he an asset that you think is is kind of needlessly on the sideline right now when you know that both sides need one another in this, in the case of business, or is this just kind of the value in this case, Greg, of doing business? What I, what I would say is this. Um, again, we, we, do, we just don't know on health. We, we simply do not know at this point. So to answer your first question, yes, it would be much easier for Anthony Richardson if number 28 is lining up in the backfield next to him. If, if that, one of the best running backs in the game 
if that is one of your primary weapons and you, something you've got to take pressure off of the quarterback, that would make life easier for him. Absolutely. There is also something to be said when you've got a young quarterback who you feel is going to be your quarterback for the next several years. There is something to be said about, hey, if there is a guy that for whatever reason doesn't want to be here from potentially moving on and saying, all right, we want to make everybody's kind of point, sure everybody's pointing in the same direction at this point. So honestly, I can see both sides of it. I certainly hope that Jonathan Taylor is back on the field sooner rather than later. And again, he wasn't going to play in the preseason anyway. Um, and so it, it's it's as we get closer to September 10th, where I think this is it's a big deal, where it gets to be an even bigger deal than it is right now. But Yes, life would be easier for Anthony Richardson if JT was here, happy, and playing. But that's not the case. And if the Colts elect to go in a different direction, I understand because you are at kind of a a, a starting over point with the way this offense is being built. It's uh, Greg Rakestraw with us via the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. We shall see. Also, Friday night marks the start of the high school football season. What are some of the stories, and what do you like about the beginning stages of yet another high school football campaign, Greg? Well, the the, the, the storyline the first couple of weeks, at least at the larger levels, will be Indy versus Fort Wayne. And we've never had that before because the Summit Athletic Conference in Fort Wayne has usually played a full round-robin schedule. Uh, they are not doing that this year. They're going to let their schools play non-conference games in week one and week two. And so the top Fort Wayne schools – you know, and it's it, there's, it's easy to draw the line at Snyder, Carroll, Homestead. They're playing Warren Central, Hamilton, Southeastern, Carmel, respectively, in week number one. So this kind of gives us a good cross-reference. And while Snyder is in 5A, everybody else is in 6A. I've got Snyder and Warren Central as my game Friday night, by the way, on my NDTV as well as the ISC Sports Network. So that is one of the storylines. The other storyline would be, and there's more than one, obviously, but, you know, Center Grove not playing anybody from the state of Indiana until week number six. And so that is something that we're going to be talking about extensively for the first few weeks. They are the favorites in 6A. Now, I think Ben Davis is pretty good. I think Warren Central is pretty good. I think Hamilton Southeastern, I think, is pretty good. I mean, the semi-state last year. I think Franklin Central could could be lying in wait for, for Center Grove as well because Jason West can really coach. He's won state championships at two different locations. It'd be a matter of time before they started winning at Franklin Central, and that's about to happen. Uh, and so don't sleep on the flashes in, in, in 6A coming up as well. But Center Grove is the favorite. Does this schedule, because of the caliber of teams they'll be playing every week, does that beat them up at all? You know, they kind of have time to recover uh, by the time they get to late October, early November. And so that's a storyline as well. Um, and then after that, you know, we'll kind of see. Uh, I, I think there is, if not in every class, in several classes, there is at least a prohibitive favorite or two that you are pointing to. And a lot of times it's going to be, hey, can this group defend a championship a la Center Grove? Because if Center Grove wins this year, they will have won four consecutive state titles, something no one has accomplished in the decade history of 6A. And to go back to the last team and the only team in the largest classification to do it, you got to go to the Warren Central Super Team of 2003 through 2006. You mentioned CG2 over in Massillon, Ohio, uh, the side of the Hall of Fame over there, right? And uh, 
And uh, yeah. I think it was at Tom Benson Field, I believe, is what the Hall of Fame field Correct. is called they over there. They were playing at Massillon at Paul Brown yeah. Stadium. I think it's named it for Paul Brown there. That has been moved to the Hall of Fame yeah. venue, and they are not playing until Saturday this weekend. St. Edward of Ohio, which I believe nationally ranking-wise yep. is higher than Center Grove, but they're both kind of in a similar category. Oakland out of Tennessee, Louisville Trinity, Cincinnati Moeller, Harvest Prep. And then, as you mentioned, the 22nd of September, LC finally in state on the road at LC. Uh, that is a worthy beginning. It, it's very similar, uh, not the same, but similar to, I, I think Cathedral started out some seasons with right. you know maybe more out-of-state games than in-state games, but never anything like this. And it's funny that, that Cathedral has not kind of rotated back to playing largely Indianapolis schools, and, and, and they're going to mix in. I think Cathedral's going to play with at least one or two out-of-state teams, but I know that in future years, even more of these 6A schools are going to kind of start playing them. That is kind of one of the unintended consequences of, of the Mick being at six teams and of Cathedral and, or, I'm sorry, Center Grove and Carmel being independents is that now there seemingly is more schools willing to play Cathedral locally. Other school that I want to point out, their non-conference schedule is Ben Davis. And Ben Davis uh, had planned on hanging on to the Center Grove game, and I think they're going to come back on the schedule as soon as next year. But Ben Davis had a chance to play and host IMG. I get to do that game in week number four, September the 8th. I'm looking forward to that. Ben Davis is opening with Moeller coming up this weekend. You know, Carmel is now a non-conference game. Avon's another non-conference game. So as much as we're talking about Center Grove's schedule, we need to make sure we kind of give a nod to what Ben Davis is doing because they will be battle-tested. And even though they've got a new head coach in Russ Mann, they really have two Division One caliber quarterbacks on the roster, and they return almost not all. They lost a couple of good wide receivers, but they return so much experience defensively as well as at quarterback and running back. Again, I think BD's going to have a really good year as well. Danny O'Neill, Tyler Cherry start out as front runners for Mr. Football in a lot of eyeballs. I think they do, and I mean, obviously, you know, they both made the Division One commitments in terms of Colorado and Duke. If you look. Ratings, I think they're six and eight, respectively, depending on what service you look at. Sure. There is an Ohio State prospect at wide receiver that plays for New Haven. Uh, there, there's two talented players that play at Northwood. One of them is Josiah Edmond, who was a Warren Central kid who relocated up to that area. That He's the kid that just flipped his commitment from Purdue to Michigan. So there are other kind of higher rated players in, in, in this class, but at the same time, you've got a kid that, that you know was the starting quarterback on a state championship team in 6A last year that has a chance to go for a repeat. And the other kid will be a three-year starter at Cathedral and was nearly a four-year starter. He was, It was close to Danny starting as a freshman at Cathedral. And the fact that at a school that's so prestigious that he basically will hold every passing record at that school if he doesn't hold it already – it's tough to top a quarterback in an award like this, which I often, you know, who, who wins in week nine could go a long way in who Mr. Football is going to be. So Greg Rakestraw is going to get it all started coming up on Friday night. And, of course, Saturday he's got you preseason game number two with the Bears and the Colts at Lucas Oil Stadium. Greg Rakestraw via the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline and a nice call coming up on Saturday night after the game on the drive home, right? Well, that's the thing is that, you know, not only am I, am I doing the television broadcast, right. I have the post-game show as well. So I was thinking about this. I think the time that I'm going to have to call this program is sometime early in the 10 o'clock hour. Ah, okay. Because I have to fight the flow of traffic to go from the second floor where the network TV booth is. Right. 
back up to the 700 club to do the post-game show. Normally it takes me about a half an hour to wait for an elevator. That's probably when I'm going to call the show. Hey, by the way, too, will you guys have Jim Ursay in the booth? Jim Ursay will be joining us in the third quarter uh, coming up on Saturday night. All right, buddy. We'll be watching that, definitely. Now, are you going to lob the questions? you going to let Rick? Uh, that will be largely a Rick Venturi television production. Oh, uh, I'll yeah. Be, uh, I'll be sitting back, taking in all the action, and and trying to somehow swimming in stream and say, "Hey, fellas, <laughs> we need to take a commercial timeout." Back after this, as you're watching Indianapolis Colts football, uh, buddy. We'll be watching, Greg. I appreciate you. See you, pal. Greg Rakestraw, the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline. Quick one. We'll come back. James Boyd, Kevin Fishbane, and more Colts Bears conversation. Anthony Richardson is the Week One starter of the regular season. Back to that as well. Ninety-three-five, one zero seven five. The fan. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. The Ride with JMV. You're going to eat your fat. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Inside the lounge via YouTube Live, I've got Jim Irsay band. Tickets coming up a little bit later on. Mellencamp's going to be a part of that now. Uh, Steven Stills. Peter Wolf. Usual cast of awesome players. September the 8th, I believe, at Lucas Oil Stadium. Should be an absolute blast. JMV, I keep thinking or getting the feeling that the I'm not going to play until I'm 100% mindset from Jonathan Taylor has soured the Colts front office and ownership and wanting to work out a new deal this early. I, I happen to think that he just came at them with an unbelievably high number. And I don't honestly believe that they thought this was the direction it was going to go. And now they're standing firm until something has to happen. And that's why I would suggest until proven wrong, because he may have, again, and that's that's worse. That's worse than where they are. If this is a hold-in of sorts right now, if he is still have, has lingering pain from an operation on the ankle 10 months ago, that's worse than a hold-in. I just don't happen to believe that's the case. Thank you, Riley, for that. I know maybe a couple of years ago I would have thought that, but uh, that time is not definitely now. Harris Hoosier Park Race of the Day. Somebody's going to win 50-50 in betting and dining, courtesy of Harris Hoosier Park Racing and Casino in Anderson. The Race of the Day is coming up a little bit later on. Kevin Fishbane. The Bears are officially in and around town. Coming in with a Popo Escort. Oh, the Bears. I'll be up there tomorrow. 
tomorrow and Thursday in the afternoon for the joint practices between the Colts and the Bears. I'll be up there to see you at Colts camp again tomorrow and then again on Thursday. Kevin Fishbane covers the Bears for the Athletic. He joins us after five. James Boyd, the latest on Jonathan Taylor and his thoughts on the big news today. Anthony Richardson being named the week one starter as it should be at quarterback. That story and more, hour two straight ahead. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. The Ride with JMV. And the beat goes on, yeah. And the beat goes on. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. You know, after evaluating, you know, training camp and the film and all that, uh, I made a decision Anthony will be the starting quarterback this year for us. Um, like the progress he's made. Excited about his future uh, and his playmaking ability that he brings to this football team. Uh, and with that being said, you know, we're super excited to have Gardner Minshew, uh, ultimate teammate, ultimate pro, does everything right, grinds and grinds and grinds. And uh, he's going to be great for Anthony. He's been great uh, for him all season, you know, through training camp and all those different things. But excited about Gardner uh, and this future of this football team. There you go. Shane Steichen right there with the announcement earlier today, hour two of this show. We're going to be live. Up at Grand Park, Colts camp the joint practices with the Bears. Bears in town. I think six buses with a little popo escort, according to folks up in and around Hamilton County. Uh, the joint practices both tomorrow and Thursday. I will be there in the afternoon doing this show for both. And then what is going to be an outrageously awesome fan golf outing at back nine. More info forthcoming. That's on Friday via the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline from the Athletic. James Boyd joins us. I know that part of this, James, is the fact that this is the idea that I had all along. I wanted to see him out there and getting those reps regardless of the situation in week one. So I know a lot of that is, oh, wow, great decision. That is is because I said that and they're doing what I had mentioned. But it, <laughs> it, but it does seem right. It does seem logical when you think about it. You got two joint practices coming up. You get the Bears game on Saturday. You get him more work and then you get that constant question out of the way for them and him and he could just worry about prepping himself to the best of his ability moving forward here right yeah for sure i mean at the end of the day they had to make a decision they had to invest in the youth the person that they drafted number four overall so i think it makes a ton of sense to play him right now and then you just let the lumps kind of come we talked about it today it's going to be ups and downs might be more downs than ups to start but at the end of the day what Anthony Richardson gives you is a lot more at his ceiling than what Gardner Minshew can give you. They know what they have in Gardner Minshew. Roll with the young guy, believe in the young guy, and hope that he can become the next great quarterback for this franchise. Yeah, and I, I think what else 
I had to bear in mind with my thought, even before seeing him play as we did in practices so far and certainly in Buffalo on Saturday, is that if he's deemed unready, that's just a bad thought all the way around, I think, to start the season. And, James, I will say this. Uh, this team needs a little bit of juice, and he's capable. He'll make some mistakes, as we mentioned, but he'll provide some juice at times as well. And for this organization with its fan base, it's necessary right now. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I don't want to rehash everything this Colts fan base has been through over the last, you know, four or five years, but, you know, Cliff Notes version is, Every quarterback you've had in some form or fashion has broken your heart during that time. So you want to have a quarterback who gives you that hope, that optimism. And I think he brings that along with a real opportunity to, you know, not just be a feel-good story, but be a story of excellence. Because I think that he has a lot of the stuff that you can't teach. And if you can teach some of these things, he can be a great player. Now, is he going to be that tomorrow? Probably not. But one of these tomorrows could be that, you know, that day that he's arrived. So James Boyd of The Athletic covers the Colts. He's with us via the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. I want to talk about the thickness of the playbook to start the regular season, but we'll first think about it in terms of Saturday. How much more are we going to see from him coming up Saturday after these joint practices? How much do you expect him to play? And will there be a couple of more pages, you think, added to the playbook from what we witnessed last Saturday in Buffalo? I don't think there will be a lot of – added plays to the playbook, or at least what you see during that Saturday game. I think you'll see a lot more throughout the joint practices, whoever's out there. And the reason why is because you can't film um, the joint practices and they're not on film, so you're not going to be able to replay them and stuff like that. So maybe they're a little more loose and a little more um, detailed when it comes to the plays they run with them. Everything won't be so vanilla. But I don't expect it to be very detailed or very um, much of anything when it comes to Saturday's game because of the joint practices. And then as far as, you know, how exotic it could be, how much he could play, I think it all depends on how much he improves. I want him to say say improves, just how much they think he gains from the experience he has against the Bears throughout the joint practices. I think he plays Saturday, but I wouldn't be surprised if it's like two series and you're done because you've had – you know, two days of hard practices already. Yeah, Yeah, that makes a lot of sense, too. It's, again, James Boyd with us. So Anthony Richardson is the starter in week number one. I do want to get to that question before we move on here. How how thick do you expect the playbook to be once the season is officially underway? I think it'll be pretty thick, but I do think it'll be less than what Gardner Minshew would have been working with had he been QB1 going to week one. I say that because – Obviously, Gardner Minshew's been with Shane Steichen for the last couple of years and knows his system inside and out. Obviously, there are some differences to what you're going to do scheme-wise with Gardner Minshew versus Anthony Richardson, but I think they're going to streamline a lot of his stuff. And by that, I don't mean it's going to be like, you know, backyard football. you got three plays you're just drawing up in the dirt. Um, But I do think they will probably continue to add to his play, add to what, you know, they want him to do. But right now, I think a lot of it will probably just have to do with making sure they put him in situations where his reads are simple, look here, look here, throw here, run here, where he's not having to process everything all at once. Now, you'd like to see him to get to that level, you know, be that Peyton Manning, that Andrew Luck, that cerebral type of quarterback. But with so much going on right now, I think the key is just to get him out there, make him feel comfortable, 
and then build on top of that once you see that he's comfortable. James, we saw his touch, even though Alec Pierce did not come up with a catch he should have on Saturday, but his down-the-field touch is exceptional, really, for his lack of, of working in the NFL and certainly even going back to college. Now, the whole throwing it into tight spaces and tight windows is something that's going to take a lot of time here. So I guess what I'm asking, how much do you think in that playbook there are going to be those deep shots down the field, considering that maybe his best asset that's not him running and moving and his athleticism is being able to put touch on that football deep? Yeah, I think a lot of it will have to just come down to how much he works at it. But at the end of the day, they're going to have to tailor it towards his strengths, right? You can't expect him to be a pocket, you know, pinpoint passer off day one and make all your plays um, based off of that skill set because they don't have that skill set right now. So I think they'll, you know, work it in pretty well, see how he progresses in practice. But I do like what, like you said, what you see from the deep ball, the touch, the accuracy, the feel for it. But you can't throw it deep every time. So he's going to have to get better across the intermediate and shorter passes. But I think he will. To me – Jay, like a lot of it has to come down to his feet and his lower body. Like that's the only time that he's ever really off is when he's like rushing and then he reverts back to maybe some bad mechanics through his lower body. So as long as he gets those things lined up, as you saw throughout that preseason opener, he usually gets the ball to where it's supposed to go if he takes the time to set his feet and like just drive it in. Yeah, I, I just like the whole deep ball has been non-existent for such a long time with Colts fans. I think if you throw it down there a couple of times, it's like a feel-good story. And and, and (laughs) you know what, James, as I mentioned this too, it is so necessary to juice up this fan base a little bit. I mean, it really is. And I I, I hate to overuse it. My comparison with this team and where they're going to the Pacers of last year, I think it's reasonable because the Pacers got the fan base juiced up on a product that was not postseason worthy, but you could tell was going down the right path. And that is a similar project to which the Colts, I think, have to do and proceed with this season. Something what we saw with the Pacers, I think, would work for the Colts. So some excitement and some hope with a young quarterback and a team and that shot of juice is yet another reason why I'm assuming fan base is happy that Anthony Richardson is going to be installed as that week one starter. Yeah, absolutely. I think the same thing. I talked about this with Jimmy Cook on the midday show more than once, actually, where you want to see the progress. You want to see some steps taken forward. And then at the end of it, if you're feeling good about, you know, your guy, your franchise cornerstone, like the Patriots do with Tyrese Halliburton, you feel really good about Anthony Richardson and you stack up, you know, many losses, you get another high pick. That's probably a a great season overall for you because, I mean, let's be honest, they're not going to win the Super Bowl. They're not going to, you know, go on some deep playoff run. However, if they win, let's say, you know, five, six, seven games and, you know, they get a top 10 draft pick again next year and they've seen progress from Anthony Richardson, that's a win in my book, you know, big picture wise, because, you want to just make sure you're developing your young quarterback. And then if you get to add another, you know, uh, chip or piece, foundational piece to that roster after next year's draft, then you're in, you're in good hands, I think, or in good shape considering where you were just two or three years ago. Speaking of James, chip and foundational piece, I know that I oversimplify this and it drives people nuts. And my apologies, but I can't help myself. If there is another situation around the NFL where it is so blatantly obvious that one needs the other 
in this case as much as Jonathan Taylor needs the Colts and vice versa. I would like to know where that is. And at some point, I would love to see this come together, um, but I think that that's kind of a fairy tale where we are right now. I mean, the believability of having to trade him, go against what Jim Ursay said about a month ago or you know something else, I, I could see. But the playing part is one I just can't see. But why is it so hard for both sides here? I know business-wise that plays the role, but why is it so hard for both sides to understand, in this case, how much they need each other with this team? My brother, if I had the answer, I feel like I would just be like a, a counselor or a therapist yeah. for both of them. You know, let's come in for couples counseling and get this worked out. You know, you say your piece, you say your piece, you, you know, kiss and make up. But, I mean, it's just not like that. I think that obviously things kind of disintegrated after the tweet, you know, barrage from Ursay and the agent and JT jumping in there. So I just think that they've felt very contentious since then. But I think – the selling point on both sides is Anthony Richardson. For the Colts, you're like, man, you, you know, you feel good about what you got. Exactly. But you feel a lot better if you have him back there with you. And then with JT, the flip side is like, man, I think that if you can show your value alongside Anthony Richardson, bounce back and have a great season, maybe then they're like, you know what? He got 1,500 yards this year alongside our future quarterback. Maybe we do pay this guy and line him up for the next two or three years and, and, and make sure that he's around. So – um, I just think that both sides have to kind of understand that it's not going to get, you know, resolved to the point where everyone's happy. You're not going to be happy. JT in particular, they have most of the leverage, so you're probably not going to be happy. But the CBA, which I read through, you know, unwillingly, it was not fun, but um, yeah. I did it. it. You don't have much leverage, man. So I think that he has to at some point um, get back out there. And everyone keeps freaking out because the coach is saying, oh, he's left the team. He's back now. Back means you're back practicing. So until that happens, no doubt. every Colt fan listening, there's no story there at all. No news. So I stand with this until you know, something gives me a reason to believe otherwise. I think that this is a hold in. I think that there is little to do with the health concern right now as there is to do with, I don't want to get out there because I'm mad about the situation. Do you think it's more of a health situation or more of a kind of hold-in situation with a running back right now? I'm honestly not sure, but I could see both sides to it. But at the same time, I think all of this could be put to bed if JT actually talked. But at the same time, you know, if you talk, you're going to have to answer questions you may not want to hear. So I could see both sides to it. I do think that there is um, the elephant in the room that, hey, maybe he is using it as a holdout, doesn't have to, you know, be fined if he's on the pub list. But I wrote this the other day, actually yesterday, after we spoke to Ed Dodds, the assistant general manager, because I asked him point blank, you know, is the expectation for JT to play for the Colts this season? He's like, hey, I'll let Chris Ballard handle that. Like, okay, cool. <laughs> yeah, I when Chris know, Ballard talks again, I'll ask him. I'll, I mean, I'll ask yeah. anybody that's willing sure. to be out there in the public. But, I mean, the rubber's going to meet the road by week one. And if he's not, you know, practicing or around the team or an active member of actually playing or practicing, then I think that we're going to see the consequences or maybe some real action kind of come out of this. Because right now they're at a stalemate. It doesn't really matter. But – once these games start getting involved, and again, Anthony Richardson starts getting involved, I think both sides are going to have to realize, hey, whatever is going on, the consequences might be greater than we have anticipated. James Boyd joins us from The Athletic. I mentioned this earlier, and I, I think that, that both sides incredibly need one another. 
But what do you think they believe? Do you think the Colts think that, yeah, you know what, really, we don't need him as much as people like this numbnut here in the afternoon on the radio would say? <laughs> and do you think the same could be mentioned regarding what Jonathan Taylor believes? I think that this is a perfect spot for him to help himself incredibly while helping his team right now. Do you think he believes that? Do you think either side's on the same page as we might be right now regarding this situation? I think that the Colts understand how valuable JT is, but they're also working at a point of leverage where, like, we don't have to pay you more than we, you know, have to. We don't want to pay you more than we have to. But the reason why I say that I think they know his value and how much he means to the team is because they won't get rid of him. Like, if you were fed up with him and thought you could just move on from JT and be fine, whatever, you would have just traded him as soon as he said they want to trade. But the reason why they won't trade him is because he's really good and they want to keep him, you know, as a really good player for really cheap. And so – they understand it. And then for JT, I think it's all about the financials. Like um, maybe he feels like, hey, I'm more valuable. I can be a value to any team. I can go anywhere and produce, which he probably could. However, they own your rights. They own, you know, your future right now. So until you give them that final year of your rookie deal, you have zero leverage. Like, for example, you know, the guy in Las Vegas, Josh Jacobs, he doesn't have to report right now because he's not technically under contract. He was franchise tagged, but he didn't sign it. He didn't sign it because he already finished his rookie deal. Now he's trying to get a second contract. But with JT, it feels like all this is a year early. you got to play your contract out, and then you'll have at least more leverage. Not great leverage, but more of it. Yeah. it. Um, it <laughs> sometimes the business gets in the way. I realize that. But it is it is mind-numbing. man. Yeah. It it. And, when it, and when it gets personal, I think all of that sort of clouds what decisions you make because now your feelings might be hurt on either side. You might feel prideful, but at the end of the day, you got to look in the mirror and f- figure out, okay, how much do you want this to cost you, both financially and, I guess, as far as your career goes, too. I know you – and you bring up a good point, and I wanted to ask you that, too. Do you think that if Jim Irsay hadn't started this in social media with that first statement he made out of the gate, do you think we're still where we are right now? Or, you know, did that expedite this thing to – to places in which maybe both sides didn't think they were ultimately going to go. Yeah, I think it kind of expedited it because then you might feel disrespected because of the tweet. And I know he came out later and said, oh, it wasn't about, you know, Jonathan Taylor. But, hey, man, got to read the room. You know, you have a top five running back, top three running back, arguably the best running back in the league on your roster, and you're going out there saying, hey, well, these guys don't deserve any money. Or he didn't say that. You know, I won't put words in his mouth. But he basically said – trying to renegotiate the CBA and trying to change things is, you know, uh, not something I'm willing to do and and the agents are operating in bad faith that you had to know that was going to sting. And then after that, it's like, okay, gloves are off. I'm going to say what I want to say. The agent did JT chimed in. So ever since then, I think that we kind of got to a point where it feels like there's no way to reconcile, but I mean, if the Colts want to be stubborn, they remain with the upper hand and can just, you know, tell him flat out, you know, you're going to be a cult this season and you got to play for us. Now, he could go full James Harden and say, you know, I don't want to play for you ever again and everyone's a liar, but I just don't see JT going that route. So James Boyd of The Athletic with us. I'm assuming I was just talking to Greg Rakestraw and Jim Irsay, as he usually is, will be in the booth in that second preseason game at Lucas Oil Stadium coming up in the third quarter on Saturday. So 
Uh, he's going to get asked that. That'll be the most interesting aspect of that interview beyond Anthony Richardson and anything else is what his answer might be coming up on on Saturday evening during that game as to where they are with Jonathan Taylor. I mean, that's going to be the first time you guys, I guess, have been able to ask anybody or at least hear anybody have to, of consequence, answer that particular question this Saturday. Absolutely. And I'll ask Jim Irsay if I'm given the chance the same question that I asked Ed Dodds and I'll ask Chris Ballard the same question. Directly, do you expect Jonathan Taylor to play for the Colts this season? Because everything right now is, oh, he's out, you know, he's medical issue, or he'll be back when he's ready. All of that sounds dandy. We've heard that for weeks. You know, and I'm not saying that Shane Steichen is in a great position right now to speak on the decisions of the team. And, and quite honestly, he's kind of in a tough spot because he has to answer this stuff every day. But I'm going to ask about it, and it's going to be the topic. And we talked about how much Anthony Richardson is going to play. Look, after those first two series, you know, I'll make sure to keep paying attention, look at some of the depth guys who might, you know, sneak in for that three-man roster cutoff. But the story will be whatever Jim Irsay says, yeah. um, which is usually the case whenever he talks because we know um, he usually gives us, you know, for better or worse, his true thoughts on pretty much any matter you uh, ask him about, whether it's football, you know, sausage, or uh, UFOs and aliens. <laughs> <laughs> or uh, being on the stage and singing September the 8th and having Chris Angel drop from the uh, ceiling of the roof of Lucas Oil Stadium. <laughs> yeah, a lot going on around I'll tell here, you too. what, man. Jim Irsay enjoys himself. He lives no, his life. Yeah, and like yeah. I always yep. say, at least he does speak his mind about the decisions he makes. Now, you might not agree with him, but there's many owners and many leagues who don't talk ever you just left to wonder what they're thinking, but at least to his credit, he will talk. I just wonder. I said this yesterday, and I said if, if Jim Mercy, if the Colts were just able to massage monetarily the situation, whether it's in the present or whatever, would that help things out right now? Do you think ultimately that Jonathan Taylor's rep just came up with such an outrageous number that the Colts? aren't even thinking about moving forward with a dime more right now because of that? You you think that could be the situation behind the scenes? It's a possibility, but I don't think so. I don't either. I think the whole point is that the Colts themselves decided, hey, we're just not going to offer you. I don't think that JT walked into, you know, Jim Mercy's office and said, hey, pay me, you know, the the max and, and pay me the way above the market value, all this stuff. I think that they were kind of like, you know what, we're actually not going to extend you like we've done for other players, and you got to go out there and prove that, one, you're healthy. And um, also, although you're a running back, that you should be valued more than other running backs. And so um, I think that at the end of the day, the most reasonable explanation for why they're at this standoff, beyond the tweets and stuff, is that he never received an offer in the first place. And so that has to feel um, a bit irritating if you're like, man, dang, a year and a half ago, I was first-team All-Pro. Last year, I was banged up, but I still had 800 yards and had a pretty good you know, performance in some of the games. And you're not going to offer me anything? Nothing? And so that, to me, was kind of alarming to, as a revelation. But, I mean, if we're looking at it strictly from a business standpoint, the Colts have no reason to extend him right now. Hey, James, do you think that maybe the Colts were surprised 
Do you think maybe they felt that Jonathan Taylor would have handled this more like Michael Pittman Jr. has? And I know that we're talking about different positions altogether, different monetary situations, but do you think that they were surprised in the reaction, the response that they got? Because it's clear that they did not want to pay him a cent more going into the final season of his contract. Do you think they've been surprised about all this and maybe thought that he would handle this more as we've seen with Michael Pittman Jr. in the final year of his deal? You know what? I'm not sure if they were surprised by it. I personally am, and and I think that I will say they probably were surprised because JT has always been sort of like the Boy Scout, say the right things, do the right things, and honestly, seems like a stand-up human being up until this point. Now, I don't, you know, think he's a bad person or anything, but obviously things have gotten a little less uh, cordial between him and the team. But I think that where Pittman was a bit wiser was that he was never fully one way or the other. You know, for example, JT came out in April and was like, you know, goody two-shoes, Boy Scout answer. Hey, I signed the contract. I made an obligation to them. You know, I got to go out there and do my job. I'm not too worried about it. And then he took a complete 180 and was like, you know, hey, you know, you see why guys request trades and we want to be valued and this and that, and you have the tweets. With Michael Pittman, when he was asking April about a contract, he was always kind of in the middle. You know, hey, I know I have one year left in my deal. I'm happy to be here, but you're always auditioning for every team in the NFL because it's very hard to be here. The coach might tell me, hey, you're not good enough to be here. Someone else will have to come pick me up, and I want to just show that I can prove to anybody I can play. That's a nice middle-of-the-road answer and another answer for saying, yeah, anybody will pay me. And that's what JT didn't do. I think that he was way too far on one end, and now he's way too far on the other, whereas Pittman's kind of like, hey, I'm here. You know, every day is a grateful day to be here. I'm an NFL player. You know, I'm grateful to get paid whatever I get paid. And, you know, just hoping that, you know, I I can succeed. And everyone's like, oh, he's a great team player. Yeah, but he also knows he's going to get paid, whether it's from the Colts or anybody. And if you listen to his quotes, a lot of it kind of hints at, hey, I will be successful anywhere. Someone asked him about Shane Sykin's uh, scheme. He's like, you know what, I'd be successful in any scheme. And so to me, I'm like, hmm, that means, hey, other teams, are you listening, I'll be successful for you too if you pay me $20 million a year. So that's why I think Pittman was a little bit smarter just in his uh, verbiage coming into these negotiations and the questions we asked him. Hey, James, final quick thing here. Uh, any notable player that may surprise fans out there, maybe in jeopardy of ultimately making this team to start the season? Anybody that stands out to you? I would say, you know, as far as impact players, I do think that Daryl Baker Jr. has a chance to really be an impact player. Now, I don't think he was like someone that was going to be on the bubble or get cut, but I do think he has a chance, the way he's been playing, and even in that preseason game with a very nice pass breakup, it seems like every little step of the way he's done enough to grab your attention. Now, will it be enough to be a starter by week one? I'm not sure, but it seems like, you know, where, where Dallas Flowers may have kind of tapered off a little bit, Daryl Baker Jr. hasn't. And so he's taking full advantage of his opportunities. And I would not be shocked if he does that again during these joint practices and upcoming uh, preseason game against the Bears. All right, that's James Boyd of The Athletic. If you want to slide by tomorrow, spend a couple of minutes, you certainly can. I'll be up there during the uh, joint practice from 3 until 6 tomorrow. So I'll look for you. All right, man, I'll be there. I'll say what's up. You got it, James. Thanks, man. Thank you. James Boyd of The Athletic on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Podline. There is a lot right there to hit up. We'll do that on the other side. Begin with Chris at 239-1070. 640 tonight, Guardians and Reds, the Ohio series. And then you got the Windy City series. I was just talking a little bit earlier to Tucker Barnhart.
Uh, on his way to Wrigley Field tonight, the White Sox and the Cubs underway officially at 8.05 later on this evening. Athletics and Cardinals from St. Louis tonight at 7.45 in Tuesday night Major League Baseball. 239-1070 is the number. Got the uh, race of the day from Harris Hoosier Park Racing and Casino coming up too and a lot of stuff for you to win. Let me take a break. We'll come back. Get your thoughts on the air at 239-1070 next. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. The Ride with JMV. Son, you got a panty on your head. You drive fast, eh? 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. All right, crank me up here, James. The Hoosier Hardwood Festival. Who wants to go? Number nine. At 239-1070. Allison Chain singing wood, I think, is appropriate right here. Who's your hardwood festival? I got tickets for you. A lot of wood. But the Who's Your Hardwood Festival is going to be outstanding. Number nine at 239-1070 will go right now on us. The Who's Your Hardwood Festival. Who wants to go? When's the last time any of you guys split wood? Seriously, I go back. And I had to grow up. Anybody else grow up with a wood stove in your house? Now it's normally gas stoves, right? But we had a wood stove. I had to cut and split wood and then stack it. There's nothing quite like going to school and then banking it. It was called banking. I don't know if they still call it that. Banking the stove, which means you turn it down so internally the fire burns small, but it doesn't burn up all your wood. So you can get back home and then fire it back up again. The wood stove. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I miss those days. Cutting wood. We go out and cut some wood. Now, luckily, 40 acres of nothing but trees. Here's something else. I have never seen the blind side. Not one minute of the blind side. Now, I know the story, and I know the story of Michael Orr. I know him by being a tackle in the NFL, but I have never seen the film. And now with all that is going on and the back and forth between the Tui family and Michael Orr through the courts and representation, I would have to guess that the sequel is going to be much more entertaining than the original here. You know, I ask all the time what sequels are actually better than the original. I immediately jump on Crocodile Dundee, too. I'm thinking, yeah, you know what? Going up against drug lords in the outback is much better than just, oh, wow, this is New York City. 
and I'm a rube. Hello. Some of you said Godfather Part 2. I think the blind side, the sequel, is going to be... I mean, if you can do something about the original so-called book and storyline, what are you going to be able to do with this? This may end up being a series. Absolutely incredible. Tui Family says before Mike War made outlandish, hurtful, and absurd claims about them in court on Monday, he actually tried to shake them down for $15 million. That's according to TMZ Sports. The all-knowing TMZ, I guess. Marty Singer, the Tui family attorney, said that it all happened recently, and what's worse, he claimed this is not the first time that Orr has done this. Uh, Yet another case, not a lot, but another case where the sequel is going to be much better than the original, I would guess. Wow. That is a lot of soap opera right there, but never seen the original, not once, not one minute. All right, Colts, Anthony Richardson installed as the week one regular season starter, and that was the major news today. I thought all all a sound decision, timing fantastic. Talk to James Boyd about that at The Athletic if he missed it, the podcast, 107.5thefan.com. Greg Rakestraw regarding that, and Greg on week number one of the high school football season starting on Friday around the state of Indiana. BT Do says, damn, did you go down to the mercantile and get a bag of flowers? <laughs> no, I did go to Layman's General Store, true story in Owensburg. I put stuff on the bill. They wrapped my bologna and full moon Colby cheese in paper. They wrapped it in paper and I went and I put big red on the bill. I put baseball cards on the bill. I put everything on the bill. <laughs> I had a lengthy bill. I took back Coke bottles, soft drink bottles, and got money back. Oh, here's the best part, too. Remember back when you would pop off a bottle cap off a, a bottle of, of soda, a soft drink, and they'd have the games underneath the underneath the bottle cap? Well, in Layman's General Store, there was a little a little hold where all the bottle caps would fall. We used to go in there and get them out and then kind of peel off what was covering up whether or not you were a winner. Well, that's big stuff back then. So, yeah, it kind of was like Little House on the Prairie, BT. Truth be told, uh, Chris is up first today at 239-1070. Chris, welcome to the show. How are you? I appreciate it. Thank you. I'm good. How are you? I'm fantastic. Thanks for asking. Go ahead. Good, man. Um, So, my little rant or whatever is an unpopular one. I just want to know what kind of message uh, this sends to any young quarterbacks that are out there that have kind of the same intangibles that Garner Minshew has. Going six for six, driving down the field in a preseason game. I mean, what more? Not just that, but what more does this guy have to do and prove um, to have an opportunity to take a franchise deep uh, in the in, in a season, perhaps in the playoffs? I mean, he he backed up Jalen Hurts. Now he has to mentor Anthony Richardson. Where is the requirements, or why is he required to mentor somebody uh, of the same position? That's kind of like your boss hiring somebody to uh, to take over your position, and then uh, don't give him any ideas. Over. Hey, Chris, don't give him any ideas, man. Shh. Keep that on the down low. Okay. No, I, I, I'm just saying. I'm just giving hypotheticals. No, hypothetical, no, no. A, no, I know. 
Well, and, and here's my answer to it. He's got an opportunity to be a part of a football team. Uh, nobody right, else. No, nobody that? else. May, nobody else may give him that opportunity. Nobody else is going to give him the starting role opportunity. But it's his I mean, chance to be a part of a football than, team. There's a lot of starters out there like Baker Mayfield. I mean, Garner Minshew can easily start over Baker Mayfield. I mean, there's opportunities out there for this guy to start. I mean, the Colts signed Garner Minshew before they even drafted Anthony Richardson. Why? No, I mean, anybody could have signed him though. If the Buccaneers wanted to sign him, they could have. Yeah, but what they did is they gave him false hope. You know, they they got no, Garner mentioned so they can mentor. He knew the he knew the time. Head. He knew the situation. I talked to him. Man, I talked to him at the beginning of the summer. He knew the situation coming in here. I mean, yeah. Anthony Richardson's the future. You could not have handled it any better than what Gardner Minshew handled today and what he said. He knew the situation yeah. coming in. But again, they're sending a poor message out there for, you know, like J.J. McCarthy's uh, that are going to be coming into the league. I mean, you go six for six or seven for seven or whatever, you go 100% completion rate on the field. Um, but now you got, you know, you're not good enough because you don't have the mobile ability to go ahead and, you know, run the ball. So now you got to be a mentor to someone that can run the ball that perhaps can get injured, you know, uh, fumble the ball, throw interceptions. You know, you, you're not taking in, uh, into consideration the intangibles that he has in his head, you know. So I just think it's very unfair. It's very, very unfair. Hey, Chris, uh, thank you. Chris, thank you very much. I, I will say this. If I'm Gardner Minshew, and he did. He knew what he was getting into. Remember, we talked back in May. He knew exactly what he was getting into. He wasn't sold any false hope. The worst case scenario is, well, you know what? We got to play Gardner Minshew here because our guy's not ready. Okay, well, I'm sorry. When's he going to be ready here? You going to get him ready uh, before October? Why is he not ready? You drafted him number four overall, and the guy's not ready. He's your long-term future quarterback, and he's not ready. Nah, listen, Gardner Minshew's in a great spot. And the Colts have a fantastic backup that gets it. And anybody out there, if they wanted somebody else other than Baker Mayfield or whomever is starting, had the opportunity to go get him, and they didn't. And the Colts did. And you know going in, when you draft a quarterback, believe me, it was not not a mystery that the Colts were going to go quarterback. It was just a mystery, the direction in which they were going to go at quarterback. There, There is not that big a story. Like me whining about Jonathan Taylor, that's the story. But this is not a story. And you could not have handled it any better than Minshew did when asked those very questions today. Thank you, Chris, for the call. Uh, Jay's up next at 239-1070. Welcome to the show, Jay. Hey, what's going on, Jam B? I'm waiting on um, you to call. I, I, look here, um, I ain't listened to your show in a couple of days. Well, I don't, what the hell's happening there? What? Come on, Jay. Well, a couple of days? I've been working, man. You, you know, you know, you know how much whining, how much whining about Jonathan Taylor and the Colts you've missed in 48 hours? Come uh, on, well, man. I ain't missed none of that. I ain't missed none of that. But come anyway, on now. Anyway, I did go back and and watch the uh, the Colts game against Buffalo. Yeah, and I'm sorry to say, man, Gardner Minshew, man, at when he was interviewed after the game or during the game or whenever, man, it, it seemed like he kind of threw shade on Richardson a little bit, man. Well, you'll have he to tell had, me about that shade. I didn't hear it. What did he say? Well, well, he, he you know, 
first of all, if somebody put the microphone in my face, I ain't got nothing bad to say about none of my teammates. But it seemed like he had a little negativity when he said, yeah, he threw an interception, and yeah, he moved the ball down the field, but he didn't score no points. That stuff right there, man, didn't have to be pointed out. It didn't even have to be mentioned. <laughs> he, he's, not, he's not a guy that keeps stats, man. All the thing he had to say, man, I thought he played a decent game. Yes, he's going to learn from his mistakes, and that's it. Well, it seemed like he, he fed into you know all the mistakes that uh, Jay, Richardson made. I'm going to make you feel better right here because today – uh, regardless of how you interpreted what he said on Saturday, today he said all the right things. Quote, this is his franchise. There's a reason he was picked where he was. He's going to be really special. That's Gardner Minshew regarding Anthony Richardson. So he's saying all the right things. He's hitting all the right notes, Jay. That's what he's doing right now. Okay, but that's all I had to touch on, man. You got it, Jay. I'm Jay. sorry for not listening no, to no, your show, man. No, come on, man. That, that hurt my feelings, dude. Don't do that. Hey, I'll make it up to you, man. Thank I, you, brother. I, I appreciate that, Jay. Because, I mean, you know me, I have zero – I'm the most insecure person in the world. <laughs> Actually, I think you guys know me for being the complete opposite of that. You know, there was a point in time when I was. I was insecure about everything. And now I just kind of, right, James? Now, like I can put my phone up and I can I can look at me talking a little bit behind inside the lounge via YouTube Live, and I can't help but just say, "Look at that gorgeous hunk of individual right there." <laughs> oh, Lord, have mercy! How would somebody that looks like this that wears a shirt, if it requires pants, it's not me? Start, How could I possibly be insecure? Need to start uh, treating the lodge to the gun show going on. Oh, man. Yeah, well, that's what you're going to get, Mystic Waters. Oh, my. If I – I may do not only the first on-the-road JMV takeover, but the first shirtless on-the-road JMV takeover. Let's be ready for that. Uh, James Boyd, Greg Rakestraw a little bit earlier. You know, we'll respond to what Chris had to say a little bit more regarding Gardner Menchu. Kevin Fishbane covers the Bears for the athletic top of the hour. I got your chance to win as well. I'll explain. And Harris Hoosier Park race of the day and your calls all on the way. 93.5107.5 The Fan. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta. Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. The Ride with JMV. It's party time. P-A-R-T. Why? Because I gotta. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Westfield tomorrow for this show. Tomorrow and Thursday, 3 until 6. Stop by and say hello. It's going to be my first time up there for these joint practices with the Bears coming up tomorrow. And our golf outing at Back Nines coming up on Friday. So if you haven't signed up yet, uh, first ask, what in the hell are you doing? 
Uh, but I would secondly say you still have time if you want. I mean, really, uh, people ask, hey, is it sold out? This place is so massive. Yeah, good luck with that. There's plenty of room for all of us to hang. Be a blast on Friday, 1075thefan.com if you want to check it out. Join us at Back 9 on Friday. I mentioned, too, the joint practices with the Bears the next two days and then the game coming up on Saturday, which is preseason game number two down to Lucas Oil Stadium. And joining us to talk about it from a Bears standpoint, Kevin Fishbane, who covers the Bears for the athletics with us via the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline. I want to first ask you, Kevin, thanks for joining us. How is the how is the Eberflus Express doing going into year number two as the head coach up there? <laughs> the Flus is loose. He's, uh, he's, he's feeling good. He's excited about year two, I think. Um, you know, it's so interesting, the dynamic of having a defensive-minded head coach when you especially when you have a young quarterback right like Ibru Flus I don't want to say he's you know uh, um, you know no nobody thinks about him but in terms of the people who are kind of most interesting most intriguing most important in the franchise fans are talk about they talk about the GM they talk about the quarterback they talk about the team president and maybe even the offensive coordinator more often than they talk about that Ibru Flus <laughs> even though he's obviously the one who's the voice of the team he's the one overseeing all of this um but i think that you know his goal in year one was to lay a foundation to to set the culture um to bring his hits principle to chicago and as you guys know in, in indiana i mean he is a true and true football guy i mean he just wants to talk ball and coach ball and you know if this thing takes off this year um it will be because of the quarterback but I do think that a big part will be kind of what he has helped establish in, in kind of changing things around, which is something the Bears sorely needed. Hey, Kev, how much does he get into the offense of that team? Obviously, as you mentioned, he comes from a defensive angle. So I'm sure hugely involved there. But how much does he dabble into the offensive side with that Bears team? You know, he does a lot. You know, he goes to the he's in the quarterback meeting room every day. Um, he really makes it a point to spend time with all three phases. Um, I, I would even venture to guess, I don't think he's any, with the defense any more than he is the offense and the special teams units. Uh, you know, more so probably than some of the other coaches I've been around who, you know, and obviously Matt Nagy was the play caller offense, so he was going to spend more time on offense. You know, same thing with Mark Trestman before that. Um, I think Eberflus does a great job of really overseeing this whole thing and, and making sure he is spending time with the offense and he's standing, you know, behind the quarterback during practice and talking to the offensive coaches and making sure he understands uh, the plays that are that are going on and he gives them the defensive perspective on them um, and he makes sure it's important that he and Justin Fields are uh, in sync. Uh, so it's something I've kind of been impressed with and it's something he said from day one. He was not going to call plays. He really wanted to make sure he had a grasp on all sides of the ball and everything he was he was overseeing. So, um, yeah, I would say he's he's probably with the offense just as much, if not more, than he's with the defense. Is there an argument to be had, or maybe no argument at all, Kevin, that the best thing that happened to the Bears a year ago was Houston not wanting to win and winning in the final week of the season here at Lucas Oil Stadium? Oh, it was. I mean, it was the best thing that happened to the Bears in a, a two decades. You know, <laughs> like, uh, I mean, even better. To, to, yeah, to to get that number one. It was. I mean, I was in the the Soldier Field press box that day watching 
um, you know, we all turned to the TVs and the press box to watch the the, the wild end of that Texans game. And, uh, you know, it, it took more. And you heard, you heard cheers around the concourses of Soldier Field <laughs> from the fans who lingered out there as the final seconds waned on their season. I mean, to be able to get the haul that they did for that pick, DJ Moore, uh, the future first, the future second, uh, was massive for the future of this team. Um, now, obviously, DJ Moore needs to continue being the player we've already saw, seen this spring and summer and, and be a star. Um, they need to hit on the draft picks that they got. Uh, it still, as I mentioned earlier, comes back to the quarterback. Um, but in terms of what the Bears want to establish, which is a consistent winner, not just a team that, you know, look, 01, they went 13 and 3, didn't go to the playoffs again until 05. They make the Super Bowl in 06, they don't make the playoffs again until 2010. You know, they go 12 and 4 in 2018, and then they kind of they snuck in the playoffs in 2020, but people forget about that playoff appearance anyway. So, you know, Ryan Poles really wants to, you know, do what most GMs want to do, but it was just such a priority to him. I want this team to be a team that lasts. That, that, that is competitive for several years. Uh, and, and part of building that is building a team around this capital they got from training the number one pick. So Kevin Fishbane for The Athletic covers the Bears. He's with us via the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. I'll be up there tomorrow and then on Thursday for the joint practices with the Bears and the Colts at Grand Park in Westfield. You mentioned Justin Fields, and I want to get to him individually so far, the expectations in a moment, but you also mentioned D.J. Moore. Uh, have we found out that you've got a, a really nice relatability between wide receiver and quarterback so far? Oh, absolutely. And everyone, including the players themselves, have noticed how quickly it came together. I mean, in spring practices, DJ Moore was far and away the number one target for Justin Fields. Um, and they kind of joked that they were they were even a little surprised uh, how quickly the two of them were able to establish a rapport. And I said this to somebody this morning, you know, it's not to say Justin Fields is not going to make some leap, is not going to show major progress. But right now, just based on what I've seen, the biggest difference for Justin Fields has been DJ Moore, not Justin Fields. You know, and, and obviously it's a credit to, to Fields. He's got to make the plays. He's got to make the recognition that Moore's there and get him the football accurately. But DJ Moore has just been the, the engine for the passing game uh, so far in, in camp. He's really um, been everything the Bears asked for. And, you know, look, the, we all know the games are a different animal. Um, and we start seeing different coverages and, and maybe teams try to take him away and, and seeing what he can do there. But this is somebody who produced at a very high level with very mediocre quarterbacks in Carolina. Uh, and, and now he, he's on this team um, with a couple of decent receivers around him um, and a quarterback that the team obviously believes in. So, uh, yeah, that so far he's been the best acquisition that the Bears have had. And, you know, it, I'm going to – the other thing I've been saying about D.J. Moore, and I understand is, is it going to sound like a low bar because the Chicago Bears – He's the best wide receiver I've seen on this team, period. And it's my 11th year on the beat. I know. <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's, there's not the highest of bars with that, historically speaking, anyway. But I get where you're coming definitely, from. Yeah. Definitely not. I mean, Musha Muhammad coined the phrase that Chicago's where wide receivers go to die. But I will say, I had Brandon Marshall, Alshon Jeffrey, Al Robinson uh, in my time covering the team. So those, those guys aren't slouches. So, but, you know, but yeah, still not like the, the highest bar in the world. But I do think it's a credit to Moore and what he's been able to do 
so quickly. You bring up one hell of a question here. And see, I, I go back. I, I was a huge Bears fan in the mid to late 70s through the 80s and basically into the mid 90s. And then when I, I took this this job, um, I, I kind of stopped being because this, this job makes you incredibly jaded anyway. But uh, anyway, I think uh, as a former Bears fan, that the presence of, if not the stats showing, but the presence of during that era and that time, to me, Willie Galt is the greatest wide receiver of all time with the Bears. And I know that I'm sure the numbers won't show that, but where would he rank you? I know that's before your time, but would anybody in Chicago mention Willie Galt as being the greatest wide receiver of all time in Bears history? Oh, I think he's in the conversation, and you want to go back even further. I think you talk about Johnny Morris. Yeah, no um, doubt. And, no doubt. and you go back even further. You got Harlan Hill. I mean, so they they have. Uh, but no, I think when when you're talking about Bears receivers, you certainly talk about Willie Gall. Because the other thing too is, especially when you go through the '90s and 2000s, you had like a blip from Marcus Robinson. You had a blip from Curtis Conway in, in, in the late '90s. Um, I mentioned Marshall and Jeffrey. Um, you know, you had mm. two great years from Allen Robinson. You had Marty Booker. Um, but in, in terms of like the 80s and 90s, you really didn't have anybody except for Willie Gall. So I, I do think that he's absolutely kind of always in that conversation. And they've tried. I mean, they get some moments from Curtis Conway, if I remember correctly, out of USC. There was there were some moments even going further back. But you know, it's it's like quarterbacks, of which we'll talk about right now with Justin Fields. I mean, it had there have been some moments, but by and large, you don't look at him as any level of great. Like Eric Kramer had, I think, in the mid-90s, a moment, too, where he was highly productive, and that team was pretty good. And obviously, McMahon you know, going to Super Bowl twenty and winning that, but most people would still look at the defense as being so dominant that you know if you just manage things well, you were going to get the job done, which leads us now to Justin Fields, is he becoming, starting to become what everybody around there expected at this point in his career? Um, I'm not sure if he's there yet. Uh, I I think that you've seen this summer a command of the offense that we haven't seen before. He's certainly taking a leadership uh, position with this team. Uh, I think this is as accurate as he's been in any training camp that I've seen him. Um, But I I think the offense is still, still, the passing game still needs work. Uh, and I'm not. I, I just haven't been ready to anoint him. And, and you know what? Frankly, the Bears themselves. I mean, the, the general manager Ryan Poles has been asked many times. He's never come out in full with full throated support that Justin Fields is our guy. We're given a contract extension after this year, no matter what. I mean, even they, even the front office, uh, wants to see what happens this season when he has the weapons and a better offensive line, a second year in the same playbook and all that. I mean, we all know that he's got the physical abilities to make it happen. Um, To me, what's going to be such an important determinant for Justin Fields is going to be, you know, there's one minute, 27 seconds left. You got the ball at your own 25, you know, one timeout down by four. What are you going to do? And every time the Bears were in that situation last year, uh, they crumbled. And the only, you know, life they had and hope they had was Justin Fields' legs. Um, and, and look, it's, it's an incredible trait. I don't want to like poo-poo it. I mean, he might be the greatest running quarterback we've ever seen. Um, but teams, when teams take that away, when it's an it's obvious passing situation, um, is he going to make the right throws? Is he going to make the right throws on time? Is he going to make the right throws accurately? Um, and, and that we just won't know until the game is begin. I think a lot of fans in Chicago, even some in the media, are, are ready to say, that's it, we've got our guy, he's it. Um, I, I want to see what happens when the games begin because I just think that, uh, you know, the, the Bears have a really big decision to make at the end of the season. They have to know either way 
Um, and, and I'm not saying he can't get there. I think he absolutely can. Uh, I think we've seen that he has the ability to do it. Um, but you can't, like I always say this about Justin Fields, you can't fully explain away the stats. Right, like there are myriad reasons why he was considered one, why he was statistically one of the worst quarterbacks in football throwing the football last year. You could talk about the offensive line, you could talk about um, the playmakers, you could talk about first year in the playbook having to come off um, his rookie season, which was a, a disaster, and then brand new staff, all of that stuff. But he doesn't get zero blame for that, right? Like he, he's still part of that. He's still the one throwing the football. So I think we have to figure out. How much is that going to improve? How much of that's going to be on him? Um, and, and then we can kind of decide uh, whether or not he's going to be the guy that gets the next you know, massive quarterback contract and is going to be the quarterback Bears fans have wanted uh, for, since Sid Luckman, if you will. Kevin Fishbane covers the Bears for the Athletic via the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. So where is the wonderful world of Chase Claypool at present time? I know he's been dinged up, but uh, where is he overall? Yeah, so we saw him grab his hamstring uh, last Wednesday. Uh, didn't pra- did not finish that practice. Didn't practice Thursday. Uh, didn't play Saturday. Didn't play Monday. I would guess that just based on the, how the Bears have been handling injuries, that he would not practice this week. Um, Chase Claypool is highly, highly competitive. Um, and I'm sure he would love to go at it with the Colts defensive backs just the way he's gone at it with the Bears defensive backs. Um, but I wonder when you're talking about it, if it's a soft tissue injury. Um, and, and one thing about Matt Eberflus, he is uh, tight-lipped about injuries. Um, if that's what it is, I don't know if you want to risk that when you're going to be put in a situation in joint practices where he's going to want to win every rep um, against the Colts. And, and, and that could be risky. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if he's sidelined this week. Um, I will say I thought he had a good camp up until the injury. I think you you see at times the really rare size-speed combination that he has, um, and he hadn't missed a day of camp until um, until grabbing that hamstring on a one-on-one rep uh, on Wednesday. He had, he had stayed healthy the whole time. So, you know, he didn't go to the locker room when that happened, which I think is a positive. It wasn't like they needed to work on it or, or get an X-ray right away. Um, but I, I just think the Bears have just been very, very safe with injuries, wanting to make sure they get everybody in week one as healthy as possible. Yeah, when they added Mercedes Lewis at tied in, the veteran at that position, he kind of knew that there was probably a lot going on at that position. What did they expect? And starting with Komet and obviously Robert Tanyan of the great Indiana State University, what are they expecting out of that position production-wise offensively this year? Yeah, I think I'm glad you bring it up because I think it's a bit of an underrated position for them. You know, Komet got the contract extension. He's coming off a you know a career year in certain statistical categories. He's still really young. Um, he's got all the he's got the length. He's got the athleticism to to be a really dynamic player. And here comes Robert Tanya. And you, know, you guys, as you said, you know he was a quarterback. Um, this is extremely athletic. Uh, played had some big numbers with Aaron Rodgers. He knows the system. Um, I, I think the Bears can, are in position to run a lot more two tight end sets. And then you got Mercedes Lewis, who's probably going to be your blocker. Um, I don't I don't expect him to be him to be out there a ton during the season um, as the number three tight end. But again, just Wiley veteran knows the scheme, knows how to get the job done. Because um, because ultimately this is probably still going to be a, a, a team that runs the ball more than it throws the ball. Um, when you look at their stable of running backs, when you look at Justin Fields' own running ability, um, you know I think that they still want to be able to run the football a lot 
Um, and, and tight ends are a big part of that. That opens up the play-action game. Um, for, and, and it's back to Komet. He and Justin Fields have a really good rapport together. Um, they, they, you know, this is their third season together now. So um, I do think that's a position to kind of keep an eye on. Um, the addition of Tanya might, might be pretty underrated when you look at all the ads the Bears made. Hey, Kevin, a year ago, and this has been an ongoing saga, basically going all the way back to Robert Mathis's days here, but the Colts have been looking for a consistent edge rusher and thought with a deal last offseason, maybe they found it in Yannick Ngakwe. And while he put up some numbers at the position, uh, certainly there wasn't much consequence in the numbers that he did put up. What do the Bears defensively feel that they're getting in him and their edge rusher? Is it going to be kind of like what we saw a year ago or are there higher expectations there? Yeah, it's kind of a wait and see. It's a them, it's a low risk, um, high reward kind of move. They had all the cap space in the world to make it happen. Um, they desperately needed help on the edge. Uh, they know that he has the abilities. You know, he's got the chop move, as you guys saw multiple times last year. They just, you know, he's just trying to figure out if he can do it consistently um, in a full season, put something together. He would, and if he does, then the Bears will reward him and keep him here for a couple more years. Um, if he doesn't, it's a one-year deal. You know, they had the money to pay him, and, and he moves on to another team, um, which has been the story of his career over the past few seasons. So, you know, it, it's, it's funny because it just – I understand all that comes with Ngakwe, and, and there's a reason he's been on this many teams. And a, a lot of those sacks last year were in garbage time and, um, you know, weren't reflective of what he's done, obviously, because the fact that he was available still in early August. But – the Bears were about to enter the season with Demarcus Walker and Rasheem Green as their starting defensive end. I mean, they had to get somebody in there with some, you know, legitimate pass rush ability um, that they could count on. And so, you know, I, who knows what they're going to get from Ngakwe, but whatever it is, it's probably better what they had. Um, so it, it just, the move made a ton of sense in the world. And if it's a six or seven sack season and they see the same thing that, you know, Colts fans saw and Ravens fans saw and, and you go through the teams and they move on and they've got all the resources in the world draft-wise, cap-wise to really reinforce and fortify that position next offseason. Are the expectations high this year from a fan base standpoint? Are they, they too high or is in large part a lot of that because there's always a lack of belief in Minnesota. It's a believe it to see it kind of thing, uh, see it when you uh, actually believe it when you see it with Detroit. And then you got Aaron Rodgers out of Green Bay right now. So does that kind of add to the depth, if you will, of the expectations of the Bears that, you know, that could be a little bit iffy because they may not be ready for prime time just yet, but that expectation with his fan base is always there and maybe even higher this year by virtue of the goings on in and around the division. Yeah, it's a great point because you finally get rid of Rodgers. And I think that Bears fan, you know, there's not a, you know, the, the national belief in Detroit doesn't really hit home locally. I think a lot of Chicago fans are like, you can't convince me the Detroit Lions are actually going to win the division. Um, you know, again, we, nobody really knows what to expect from Jordan Love. And the Vikings are the Vikings. And, and I, I think that, you know, we, we saw how good they can be next last season. Um, you know, the way I'll describe it is this. There's a lot of excitement. I think there's as much excitement for this Bears team as I've seen in a long time. And, you know, 2019, there was a ton coming off that 12-4 and season um, but this, you know, all engineered by Justin Fields, 
there's crazy excitement and intrigue, but I do think expectations are kind of tempered where, you know, maybe the highest, you know, highest watermark is like a 10 win team. You know, you guys are going to see this too. I'm sure next summer, you know, if Anthony Richardson shows all these really good flashes, but has your standard rookie, you know, ups and downs, yeah. Colts go six and 11, seven and 10, but you, but you, but you come out of the season knowing that Anthony Richardson was, was the great pick. I mean, it's going to be wild excitement around Indy next year. And I think we're seeing that around town now. The fans believe they saw what they needed to see about Justin Fields. Ryan Pohl surrounded him with better talent. So, yeah, th- this excitement is really, really high. Um, but I do think fans kind of understand that it might take another year um, and, and of, of Fields progressing, of this whole team coming together. Uh, for them to really be talking about what Ryan Paul said he was going to do when he got here, which is take the North. Well, and you're right, Kevin, on the money regarding Anthony Richardson and you know, the low level of expectations and then, you know, getting, you know, a signature performance or two to make real believers out of the Colts and their fan base here with their rookie quarterback in mind. What was the signature performance for Justin Fields that got Bears fans believing that? Mm, that's a great question. Um, you, you know, because his his first start, he got sacked nine times, and it was the worst offensive performance for the Chicago Bears in like ninety years, which is really saying something. After when you think about all of the teams the Bears have put on the field um, in the last forty, um, I, I mean, he didn't really have one as a rookie. If you go back, like, there just wasn't that um, watershed moment because the that Bears team didn't really use his legs. Um, very much. And even the start of this past season, it took a few games. You know, the New England Patriots game on Monday Night Football, uh, and the Bears went out, out to Foxborough, and we all know Bill Belichick's record against young quarterbacks. And they won, I believe the score was 33-14. He ran for 80 yards, threw for a couple touchdowns, got some help from the defense. That sparked things. And then he went on this crazy historic run of rushing yards against Miami, against Detroit, against Dallas. Um, where we were seeing things we'd never seen before in football. So those were the moments um, last season that got everybody fired up. And for Bears fans, it was the absolute dream because he was pointing up these numbers and they kept losing and getting them closer and closer. That number one pick was a very odd team to cover where I'm sitting there being like, well, they, they, they blew it in the fourth quarter. And I had fans, you know, in the comments being like, you don't know what you're talking about. This was a great loss for the Bears um, and, and that, you know, you guys could be dealing with that come December, January, if the Colts are clearly out of the playoffs where you have us back and forth where you want the great draft pick, but you also want to see Richardson do amazing things at the same time. Um, it's a strange thing that the way that the, the, the fans' obsession with the draft is created. Um, but, yeah, Fields didn't have that kind of seminal moment as a rookie. It really came during that stretch midseason last season, which I think you'd argue is kind of like his rookie year because of the brand-new offense and a brand-new team. Uh, and final thing, too, if they don't hit expectations, who's on the hot seat? Is it always going to be the decision maker there, like in this case, Ryan Poles? Is it Eberflus? Um, is, is it somebody else? Is it the quarterback? Who, who gets the hot seat if the expectations, according to the fan base and the media around there, is not met? Yeah, well, if the quarterback struggles, Poles and Matt Eberflus are the ultimate out. They could say he was not our guy. We did not draft him. We did not trade up to draft him. That was those guys who came before us who we replaced. Um, now we have the we have the Carolina Panthers draft pick next year. We have our draft pick next year. We could figure this out. You know, they could do an old Indianapolis Colts thing of using those picks to go trade for a veteran, or they could move up and, and draft somebody else. You know, that's kind of worst case scenario at quarterback. 
if Fields plays well and this defense is atrocious or there's injuries everywhere or you just have letdowns from all the acquisitions, you know, you could look at Matt Eberflus being a bit of a scapegoat in that situation, I think, um, where maybe they realize that they need somebody different um, to run this thing. But I think these guys have a long leash, again, because the quarterback was not their choice, because they've made it very clear to ownership that this is going to take some time. And you have an ownership group that does not like to make decisions in haste. This is a family that, that wants stability, um, seeks stability, and I don't think anybody's on the hot seat barring an absolute disastrous season. As I said, if it's a disastrous season, it's probably because of the quarterback. Yeah. And and these guys can just say, hey, we, you know, we didn't pick them. We tried our best, and, and now give us the opportunity to find our own guy. Um, and, and, and you guys have kind of seen how that's happened at times in Indianapolis um, with GMs and coaches going here and there and the quarterbacks and Andrew Luck. So, um, that that's the situation the situation the Bears would be in um, if, if things go really really wrong. It would probably be the quarterback's fault. But you know, I, I think what's more likely is that Justin Fields is good. He's better, but you have this weird situation at the end of the year where he might not be four hundred million dollars good, but he's good enough. What do you do now? I think that and, and that's not a very enviable spot for the Bears to be in. Because um, he'll be up for a new con- or he'll be eligible for a new contract at the end of the year, but I think that's probably more likely than um, things really going out of out of control. It could be that they go seven and ten, and you're sitting here watching Justin Fields, and you say, "Okay, we saw a lot of good things." but we're not really sure, and that's going to be a very difficult situation for the Bears to be in. There's a general manager here in Chris Ballard that has one playoff win in uh, going into his seventh year right now. So I'm sure Chicago probably would have done something with him about nine times by now, considering the resume. So it uh, it is is weird how things happen, uh, certainly in the NFL, where, you know, somebody gets a longer leash, or in this case, a reboot with Chris, and how – you know, if things don't go right with the quarterback position, you can say that that wasn't mine, but, you know, people still may hold you ultimately accountable around there. So who knows how that ultimately goes in terms of not living up to expectations. Kevin, man, I appreciate that. Got a couple of joint practices coming up tomorrow and then on Thursday, and then the Colts and the Bears coming up preseason game two on Saturday at Lucas Oil Stadium. Kevin Fishbane, the athletic covers the Bears fantastically on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. I appreciate you, man. Thanks for dropping in. Yep, thanks for having me. Kevin Fishbane right there. And he makes a good point regarding Poles and Eberflus. I don't know. That doesn't seem like a place where, regardless if you don't live up to expectations, that there are a lot of passes that are handed out. Be tough. Good stuff right there. Hey, tomorrow we're going to be live. Cannot wait to be in Westfield. Up in Grand Park, the joint practices in the afternoon. I'll start the show at 3. I think they start officially at 4 o'clock. We'll go until 6 per usual. So stop by. You can hang out with us. I think. I'm assuming you can. Hey, you know what? You can. I'm just going to say you can. Tomorrow, then on Thursday, and of course, our golf outing coming up on Friday at back nine. Quick break. We'll come back. Busy show today. We'll get back to your calls coming up on the other side. The big news. If you missed it, where have you been? And I do. I love the decision. I know that the uh, golden retriever mom who thinks I'm the most negative person of all time cannot believe this right now, but I absolutely love the Colts decision today. I love the timing of it, which may not matter, but I still love it nonetheless. Anthony Richardson, week number one, starter at quarterback, the way it should be.
Come back to that and more with you. Harris Hoosier Park Race of the Day and Jim Ursay Collection Band tickets to give away too. 93.5107.5 The Fan. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta. And check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. A ride with JMV. Attention, whoever you are, this channel is reserved for emergency calls only. The f- lady, do I sound like I'm ordering a pizza? 93.5 and 107.5, The Fan. I think the world of, of Jonathan. Um, he's been a great Colt, been a great player for the Colt. You know, unfortunately, last year he, he you know, he, he got hurt early in the season, was dinged all year, fought through it till he finally got to a point where he had to, you know, have the surgery. And now now he's finishing his rehab process. And so hopefully, hopefully as we move forward here, we'll get him back. But we need to get him 100% healthy before we do anything. It's uh, Chris Ballard. Earlier today on Sirius XM NFL Radio regarding Jonathan Taylor. And going the we got to get him 100% healthy route. And we hope, what do he say, we hope that he's back? Quote, I think the world of Jonathan. Can you cue that up one more time for me? I want everybody to hear that one more time. See if we can pick this apart. We'll dissect this a little bit. Again, Chris Ballard, Colts General Manager on Sirius XM NFL Radio a little bit earlier this afternoon. I think the world of, of Jonathan. Um, he's been a great Colt, been a great player for the Colt. You know, unfortunately, last year he, he you know, he, he got hurt early in the season, was dinged all year, fought through it till he finally got to a point where he had to, you know, have the surgery. And now now he's finishing his rehab process. And so hopefully, hopefully as we move forward here, we'll get him back. But we need to get him 100% healthy before we do anything. All right. Hopefully, we get him back, but we need to get him 100% healthy before we do anything. So that, again, is Chris Ballard earlier today, which adds, you know, zero, (laughs) zero to the situation. So there's where we are. And I'm assuming there's truth in what he says regarding how they understand they need him. Because to me, that's pretty obvious. All right, 239-1070, if you guys want to work your way on, you certainly can. Um, I mentioned that practice tomorrow is at 4. It's at 6. So I'm going to be there until 6, and that's when practice starts. So I'm going to hang out. I'm going to hang out with you coming up tomorrow and on Thursday up there. Uh, the night practices, the joint gatherings with the Chicago Bears and Kevin Fishbane who covers the Bears for the Athletic was just on here we talked about their situation and again that sound from Chris Ballard in the interview courtesy of Sirius XM NFL radio 
earlier today, and if you missed it, I uh, retweeted that uh, via social media right there for you. Yeah, Greg Pulley says he gone. It sounds like it sounds like that it's a foregone conclusion that he's not going to be playing. Anybody else gather that? And I, you know, I know I, I make a lot out of it. I just think that he helps so much. And while it's really easy to suggest that with the running back, it's just easy to fill the gap and put whomever in there and draft them in the fifth round and grow it. Again, this is just such a dramatically different situation than anything else. So to me, that drives me nuts. Drives me nuts. But on both sides right there, that's where we are. And Greg, I would... I would actually agree with you. Let's go, Jamin at 239-1070 up next today. Jamin, thanks for joining the show. How are you? Hey, Jamie. How you doing, man? I am fantastic. Thank you for the call. All right. Just two quick things. One, I just want to say I think Chris Bauer is on BS or like I would say uh, our generation selling wolf tickets because any NFL player tells you they're 100%, that just means that they'll play. You know, during the season, they're always going to be nicked up, dinged up. I understand the surgery. But I feel like, you know, maybe they need to work something in the CBA with running backs in particular. Like if you're a ball, you actually carry the ball so many times, or if you're a wide receiver that, you know, it touches the ball X amount of times. Because think about it, the quarterback touches the ball more than anybody, and of course gets paid more than anybody. And the other thing was about uh, Richardson and the fact that, you know, this morning they almost was trashing the kid. And, you know, he's just turned 21, and he looked standing upright in the pocket through some very hard passes. I know his accuracy is – Who was trashing Anthony Richardson? Help me out here, Jamin. I I, I was was listening on Sirius. It was uh, – the, the mother station, or what do they call it, ESPN. Okay, the, ESPN the mothership is what you're thinking about there. Yeah, the yes, mothership. that's yeah, what Dan Patrick calls ESPN. Yeah, or did. Yes, yeah. and oh, Dan Patrick. Yeah, but you know, there's just sound wolf tickets on him because he's so. You know, like I said, he's 21. I think he did fairly well, and of course, he's going to be shocked to hear he's a starter. He's 21. Come on, let's give the kid a break. Let him play at least two preseason games before we decide he's a failure. No, like no, and, and Jamin, thank you for the call. I, listen, I, I no way, shape, or form believe that. And in fact, Greg sent me this stat over the past 10 seasons. Rookie quarterbacks have won 36% of games they've started. Uh, Brock Purdy and Kenny Pickett were 14 and 9. So, I think we all around here understand what we're going to get. And that's why I compare it so much to the last year of the Pacers. Because you knew you were going to have a season in which was not going to end the way that you wanted it. So, the expectations were very low. They started. And they over-delivered on those expectations. And that's what you're looking for here. And in the process, you're looking for your rookie quarterback to show those signs and and deliver himself some excitement here or there. He's going to make a lot of mistakes, and you're going to be bummed. But he's also going to grow and make some plays. 
So I understand that going in, and I'm assuming across the Colts fan base landscape that they understand that too. That's what makes this decision sound. I mean, you just get him out there and you get going. You get him out there and you get going and you live with the consequences. Oh, but what if he gets hurt? Yeah, okay. Well, what if anybody gets hurt? People get hurt in this game often. You can't be afraid of it. You can't be afraid of mistakes. Well, you're going to be afraid of the mistakes if he's still making them a year or two down the road. That's when you're afraid of the mistakes. Not now. Smart move to pull that trigger today. Sound decision to do that today. We'll talk about that coming up on tomorrow's show as well. Greg Rakestraw a little bit earlier. Of course, he's got the call for you with Rick Venturi and Lara Overton coming up on Saturday. I mentioned, too, the numbers a little bit earlier. Not great. I thought the numbers would be a hell of a lot better. I was completely wrong about that. And to me, you can look at low numbers as a couple of different things. If you want to make excuses for it, you can say, well, you know, 1 o'clock on a Saturday afternoon when everybody's going back to school and everything in the world is going on, on a Saturday afternoon around here, you can say that. You can say, well, DirecTV's not in play because of their beef right now that they have with Nexstar, which, of course, CBS4 is owned by Nexstar, so you don't have that on DirecTV. You don't have it on DirecTV Stream or Uverse. But I would also make the argument that this team has been rather juiceless. And one of the things that I am going to be interested to see is, you know, with those plays that you know are going to go haywire, how many plays can he put in there to to get you excited, to keep you excited, to keep you wanting to see more, to give you a reason to tune in, to give you a reason to get fired up. And I've said that all along. I think that's what Jonathan Taylor has to the situation. Once he's healthy. Once he's 100%. So that's where they are right now. All right, quick break, and we'll come back to Harris Hoosier Park Race of the Day. Coming up on the other side, a recap of the show, and then we'll set you up for the next two days. Again, beginning at 3, we're going to be at Grand Park in Westfield. Colts camp, their practice, the joint get-together with the Bears both days at 6 o'clock. And then Friday, our golf outing is at the back 9 It'll be great. All of our shows there, all of you, hopefully will be there eating and drinking and having a good time. Very Dalton of me to say right there from Roadhouse. 93.5 and 107.5. The fan. Harris Hoosier Park race of the day next. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. 
Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. A ride with JMV. Excuse me, sir. There's been a little problem in the cockpit. The cockpit? What is it? It's the little room in the front of the plane where the pilots sit. That's not important right now. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Uh, this is Mellencamp, by the way, who'll be a part of the Jim Irsay Collection Band coming up on September the 8th. Does anybody want to go? A couple of tickets for you right now at 239-1070. Mellencamp, Peter Wolf, Jake Giles Ben, Stephen Stills. It is going to be quite the experience coming up at Lucas Oil Stadium. Meantime, your Harris Hoosier Park race of the day. That's 50-50 in betting and dining from Harris Hoosier Park Racing and Casino in Anderson. It is Rick Winley. Is that a W right there or Kinley? That's Kinley. Sorry about that. Rick Kinley. The winning horse always in flight. That paid $5 on a $2 bet. The $2 exact to pay out was $11.40. The 50-cent trifecta went for $9.05. That's your Harris Hoosier Park race of the day. Every, well, I should say three times a week, four times a week, in fact. But Harris Hoosier Park has live standard bread racing through December the 8th. You can keep tuning in to this show and then watch on Twitter at JMV 1070 for your chance to win with the race of the day with Harris Hoosier Park Racing and Casino in Anderson. 50-50 in betting and dining. Shout out to Rick right there. That's a win. Scott, the winner of the Mellencamp t- Check that. Scott, the winner of the Jim Irsay Collection tickets. Hey, Scott, you want to go see this, do you? Yes, I certainly do. Uh, what are you big? Mellencamp, Stephen Stills, what? Peter Wolf, who do you like? I like Giles, Peter Wolf. I do too, man. I like Peter yeah. Wolf solo in the mid to late oh. 80s, man. He had some good stuff there too. Come As You Are is a great song. I like the, the, the album Sanctuary with Jay Giles. Oh, that's well done. It. That's well done right there. Great Boston band, the Jay Giles band right there. Scott, congratulations. I'm going to put you back on hold, and Thanks. James will take care of you right there. Well Thanks done. You got it. Thank you very much. Well done. Uh, JMV. This is from Bob. You know, we played Chris Ballard on Sirius XM NFL radio regarding what he said today about Jonathan Taylor in that situation. And see, when you think about it, can you play that one more time in a minute or do you have time? See, James is going to go, hey, man, you got me doing 19 different things, and he's right. This is what Chris Ballard had to say regarding the Jonathan Taylor situation on Sirius XM NFL radio earlier today. 
I think the world of, of Jonathan. Um, he's been a great Colt, been a great player for the Colt. You know, unfortunately, last year he, he you know, he, he got hurt early in the season, was dinged all year, fought through it till he finally got to a point where he had to, you know, have this surgery. And now now he's finishing his rehab process. And so hopefully, hopefully as we move forward here, we'll get him back. But we need to get him 100% healthy before we do anything. See, and the problem you had there a month ago, the owner of the team told – Pat McAfee that he was healthy. <laughs> Good to go. There's the problem that you have there. I'm sure we'll talk about this coming up tomorrow. By the way, that courtesy of Sirius XM NFL Radio and that conversation with Chris Ballard. Yeah, the owner said he was healthy a month ago. Uh, this is from Bob. I think the world of Jonathan. So then why did you allow the situation to fester? <laughs> Skivvy says, Jim Mercer already told us that Taylor was healthy, remember? <laughs> it goes on and on and on. Like, I'll go back to what Greg Pulley had to say before the break. He gone. <laughs> I don't know what fashion. You guys have been outstanding today. James, great job. Greg Rakestraw, James Boyd of The Athletic. Kevin Fishbane covers the Bears for The Athletic. The podcast, 107.5thefan.com. Can I see you guys out there tomorrow on Thursday? Colts camp. Grand Park in Westfield. I'll be there beginning at 3. Join me. Keep me company. 3 until 6 tomorrow afternoon in Westfield. 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Have a hellaciously awesome night, won't you? Hey, fans, want new flooring and want it now. March is the time to buy at Floors to Your Home. Right, Brian Kahn? It really is, JMV. We have the state's largest selection of new flooring in stock. And we've just received additional truckloads of new hardwood, laminate, and waterproof flooring. So we're marking everything down. Brian, I'm looking at some of your incredible deals. We always sell up to 50% off those big box stores. But for a limited time, you can get new flooring starting at just 80 cents a square foot. 80 cents a square foot? That's incredible. That's three rooms of hardwood, laminate, or waterproof starting under $350 at Floors to Your Home. And you can get it right now. We have over 1,200 styles in stock. Floors to Your Home is the place for the lowest prices anywhere in Indiana. I'm doing my whole house. Three very convenient locations. Avon, Noblesville, and Brookville Road. Who has the lowest prices on flooring? Floors to Your Home. That's who.